Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Red Zone, a leftist sports show we do here on This Is Revolution. Sometimes we talk sports, sometimes we take calls, but all the time we talk shit. <laughs> lots and lots of it. Tons of it. Too much of it. Sometimes we get derailed by the shit talk. If you're new to this channel and expecting something a little different, we do have a bit of a deeper dive into stuff beyond just the numbers and the players. Let me bring in my co-host with this endeavor. Please welcome Mac. What up, everybody? How are you? Um, running around looking like an NBA player with a fucking compression sleeve on because your boy got tendonitis. That's dope, dude. It's fucking awful because, like, I don't know, trying to, like, lift a cup to my <laughs> mouth to drink is just, like, agony. And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. heat mm -hmm. ice and rest. And I'm like, I don't want to heat ice and rest. I want to go to the gym, shit up, and put it down. And I can't do any of that. So, you know... It's very, this, very is, this is getting old. This is getting old. There's there's certain things yeah. I can't do anymore. <laughs> That's what everybody's like. Like my doc was like, hey, you know you're going to be more prone to things like that. And I was like, why? Like, I went like 16 <laughs> years in the infantry, man. And she dead ass looks at me and goes, why do you think you're going to be more prone to stuff like that? You did 16 years in the infantry and you're over 40. And I was like, oh. Ten, dude, ten and nine sucks. I was trying to do this thing where I was like, I'm going to do body weight, and if anything, very lightweight. Like I have some 25 pound dumbbells, you know, lightweight. And what happens? I overdo it with the push-ups, and you know, pinch nerve. Yeah, we all can't be Herschel Walker who did 400 of them every day for his entire oh, existence. Dude. Apparently, you know, I was trying to Herschel Walker it. I was like, can I see a difference in my in my body shape? And I was starting to see some changes. And then all of a sudden, the last week, it's just, you know, I don't I don't have a compression sleeve because I'm trying to muscle through it. Yeah, dude, I'm I did the first few days and was just like, uh, uh, no, this is awful. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I did I did meet a very nice young lady that was a um. A yoga instructor? No, I didn't meet a yoga instructor. This is a while oh. back. She was, she is, she's not dead. She's a, um, I don't want to say a physical therapist, but she's someone in the fitness world. I wouldn't say a fitness influencer. She's just a fitness, I, I can't exactly explain what it is, because I'll say it wrong. But she taught me, like, how to use a tennis ball. That didn't sound right. But she's... All right, listeners, we are getting into it already, just like last episode. Now, Jason, I think what everybody wants to know, were these tennis balls that looked like anal beads, or was it just a free-flowing tennis ball? Like, you know. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh, he's got the giggles, everybody. Steve Chase is on that Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson recovery program. 
Just fucking shooting ropes. <laughs> Physical therapist. <laughs> Did you read that? Can you read that comment on the bottom there, Mac? That's why it's really. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't getting into it. We're getting off on Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, JB, man, I'll tell you right now, if Kiana from Flex Appeal, like, remember at like 6 a.m. on ESPN2, <laughs> like, back in like, oh, bro. It was not Kiana from Flex Appeal, but this woman was ridiculously ripped. Kiana made me feel things <laughs> that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> like, she was like the first, like, ripped, like, woman that I was like, wow. And then now I find myself looking at that more and more. Like when I started watching wrestling again, I was like, oh my God, I have to marry Rhea Ripley. I have to. They're all Kiana. Right. <laughs> it's just the height, the height just differentiates between like Zelina Vega, who's I think is only like five feet tall. And then you get to like Rhea and freaking Tiffany Stratton. Oh my God, man. I just. Some of those women are really tiny. Yeah. Like super. When I did that WrestleMania thing, I was shocked at how small some of the new wrestlers were compared to like when like Wendy Richter was walking around. Not that she's not a giant woman either. Yeah. I mean, Alexa Bliss, like she is a tiny woman um, who was like the number one women's wrestler for what, like five or six years. Mm-hmm. And then they had that huge influx of women from like NXT that came in and it's just like. I want to wrestle them and lose every match. Like I'm okay. With that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd be all right with it. I'd even let Rhea roll me up and pin me the way she does, which is very disrespectful. You know. <laughs> but I, I, I have you kissing your own ass? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Like what she does is when she does riptide, like she spikes you like back first, and then she just rolls the woman's legs up like she's mm-hmm. like you know essentially plowing him in the ass and that's that's how they that's that's her pin and i was like and i'm like you know what really if you <laughs> if, if you need anybody to practice on you know that's like, what you need boo yeah. <laughs> whatever you need whatever you need ria you can I mean, show me how to use a tennis ball that's right <laughs> start me like a lawnmower well jesus christ <laughs> Speaking um, of wrestling, uh, the director and I from Kayfabe, he came down to Mexico for the weekend so we could like finish it. And instead of finishing it like we thought we were going to do, we turned it into a series. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, nope, let's extend this and let's extend this and let's extend that. So honestly, you're, I think you'd get more play out of it that way, man. Like you remember <laughs> when when uh, Vice was like they were doing Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. remember those episodes at the beginning were kind of long mm-hmm. you know they were just, they were like movies and they were just like well mm-hmm. people are watching and we can get more out of this if we chop it down to like 50 minutes and just keep a series going you know and it's what going on three years now that's you know? i mean there's a lot of different avenues because there's certain things we were i'm not going to get into it on the show we'll talk about it more on this is revolution champagne room tomorrow but definitely we were not fighting but having kind of an argument about what to keep in and what to put out and, and that became let's just turn it into a series because you can flush out certain ideas. Yeah. These things that are going to be almost side 
quests <laughs> in the in the linear story we can do a, a series episode about it and it could still tie into the to the main thesis so. yeah yeah more work it's going to take a little longer for the finished finished thing but we can release an episode because the first episode is pretty much done but beyond that because you guys don't listen to this to hear us talk about regular this is revolution things you guys listen to this to hear us bitch about sports so we can bitch about sports with you guys in the chat which is why watching this live is so important wednesdays at 6 p.m pacific 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern is when we do this live um mac real quick just do an nfl roundup niners demolished philadelphia yeah and i you know what that's why they went and um signed Shaq Thompson who Indy just released because their linebackers aren't good. Um, they're getting <laughs> like, I'm not like trying to be mean cause these guys are professionals and I I'm sitting here bitching about them in the comfort of my home, but they're not passing the eye test, dude. Like they are getting burnt over the middle. I mean, when you have a dual weapon like McCaffrey, who mm-hmm. you can put in the backfield or split him out wide or put him in the slot and you just let him run a slant across. He's going to beat those damn near every uh, linebacker anyway. But when you are slow and don't play the pass, well, you're just making your life so much harder than, mm-hmm. you know, it is like, honestly, if I'm Philly um, going forward, I maybe don't play three linebackers. I maybe go two and bring in an extra safety. Uh, to kind of nip that in the bud because between your position that was real popular before all the rules. Yeah, and and you know monster backs are still probably a more important thing now because of how the spread has been implemented across the NFL as well as you know like copying some of the things that college games brought. And you know mm-hmm. you have to have guys like that, right? Like I don't want a linebacker on Christian McCaffrey. Fuck no. Bring in a safety. You know, let him play closer to line where his only job is to really guard the center of the field. Uh, and that would take away, you know, outlet passes to like George Kittle. Um, <laughs> slants. I mean, you can't really, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. You can't really stop a slant uh, from San Francisco because you got Ayuk or Debo. That is just yeah. so much faster than everybody on the field. Um, you know, and it's just, I think the Niners are going to be like, uh, you know, they they kind of had that rough patch for about three games, and I think this is the game that kind of like springs them forward to kind of overtaking Philly for the number one seed in the NFC. But I mean, Philly still has everything there they need to be the the same dominant team they've been in the past couple of years, right? Just make the adjustments, and that's always hard, especially when you like my system's implemented, right? Like. A lot of coaches get stuck in that, and they're like, we'll just play through this. And like I said, mm-hmm. their linebackers are slow. Will they crush you in the run game when they're playing somebody who's not as fast as Christian McCaffrey? Like, they'll they'll clog that hole and, and put the wood to you. But, I mean, they something's got to give, man, because if they just keep allowing the center of the field to be constantly, you know, inundated with slants where, the, you know, the opposing players are that much faster than the linebackers – you know, these 30, 40 point outbursts that they allow offenses have, that won't be just an outburst. That'll be like a constant, you know, and let's face it. The NFL is a very copycat league and we're seeing uh, teams that are 
figuring out like the Browns defense right now, right? They're keeping a tight end and, or an extra running back to chip at the ends, especially Miles Garrett, which when they can't collapse the pocket with their front line, they struggle, you know, and the Browns defense has not looked very good, um, you know, the last few weeks. So uh, we'll, we'll just see what kind of adjustments Philly makes. Otherwise, this is going to be San Fran running away with it. Do you think that San Francisco is maybe just a better matchup problem for Philadelphia than the other teams in the division? Dude, Philly or uh, San Fran is going to be a, a horrible matchup for everybody. I'm, I'm sorry. It's either San Francisco okay. or the city. Okay. The city then, San Francisco. That beautiful jewel of San Francisco Bay. Um, <laughs> right? Um, but San Francisco is going to be – an awful matchup for whoever they play going forward because they are just that much better than everybody. Um, I mean, dude, they, they swung chase young who maybe he hasn't panned out the way that everybody saw him uh, coming out of Ohio state, but he also played on a really bad Washington team with bad coaching that has shown they cannot develop young players. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you imagine him just maybe taking like a one year prove it deal you know, after this season with San Francisco where he gets to play across from Bosa for a whole year. Like, that's just not even fair. And right? Like it's already solid. Yes, it's so good. And they bring in this guy who actually he's looked really good and just, uh, you know, fit, you know, learning the playbook, you know, but like Shanahan, like I've said it a million times, right? Like he's a fucking hell of a coach. And I, I mean, I dare say, Minus the Super Bowl wins, he's probably even better than his dad. Um, Wait till he gets those victories, because remember yeah. his dad was also where he failed as an OC as well. His dad succeeded in '94. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, dude, at one point Shanahan had, you know, look at all the quarterbacks that he had to cycle through, especially in Cleveland, and then he gets stuck with Manziel, right? Can you imagine Mayfield with Shanahan? If if they, the you know, Jimmy Haslam was an idiot and, cha- and chased him and Mike McDaniel off the sideline, like come on, man, Mayfield wouldn't have taken on the chin the way he did. Um, but Those yeah, guys are making football very enjoyable to watch. Those they two make, coaches right there, they make it fun. Like, and that's the thing. Like, uh, the 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 fucking poor guy, uh, the special teamer, um from Tennessee, you know, their, their special teams coach got fired because they had two punts blocked uh, on the second punt. The punter got hurt. So Ryan Tannenhill had to go out there and hold for a field goal and he fucked it up and they missed it. Mm. Right. Right. So like the special teams coach got fired, but like the, uh, the punter and the long snapper on Twitter, like revealed all these fucking like Facebook messages they got. Like, I hope you're like, I hope you get cancer and die. Like, I hope you blow out your ACL next game. Like I love my teams and I was distraught last Saturday when Ohio state dropped the third game in a row against that horrible school, you know, <laughs> shall not be named. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But I gave myself 15 minutes and it was like, all right, time to act like an adult, you know, <laughs> um, You know, I just, I could never fathom, like, you know what never crossed my mind on that Saturday? Mm. Finding Kyle McCord on Twitter 
and just ripping him a new asshole in a DM, right? It never occurred to me. Why? That kid probably feels like shit already. Yeah. You know, he's been getting shit on all season and to the point where he went into the transfer portal. So Ohio State's going into a tough Cotton Bowl uh, matchup with Mizzou with a backup quarterback, you know, and I think only two active running backs because three of them, one declared for the draft and another two went into the portal. So it's, it's bowl season is going to be rough, I think, for the next couple years until coaches figure out how this whole portal thing is going to work. Because well, before it, we get into the transfer portal, because this is going to be part of the college discussion, I just want to kind of wrap up the NFL. So you have San Francisco as your dark horse candidate out of the uh, NFC. To, yeah. To yeah. I mean, they just they look so much better than everybody else. I don't think the playoffs are going to be easy in the NFC uh, unless, well, the the number two seed is going to get, you know, like the uh, the wild card or you know, whatever team ends up playing the NFC South champ, that's going to be a gimme, you know, because <laughs> that, that wow. is so ass. It is so Wow. Ass. No upsets for you, huh? Not from the South. No. No, no Falcons man. upset. No. I mean, they're not good. They have so much talent, but like having Ritter there, uh, I really think Jesse Bates, the third, may be the best free agent signing from the offseason. That guy's just looked amazing in that defense. But, like, when you leave that defense on the field for 45 minutes a game, you know, everybody gets tired, man. Everybody gets tired. You know, like, it's just especially, like, you got to think, Atlanta can end up playing, you know, Detroit. Struggling on defense, but oh God, I don't want to see their offense on the field. You know, like I don't want to see them if I'm a defensive player. San Fran, Philly, you know, like Dallas, who maybe they even want a playoff game this year if they get matched up with the Falcons, you know, who knows? Um, but like there's just so many good teams that can come up with stops against the Falcons offense because for whatever reason, Arthur Smith's like, hmm, we got Bijan. We got Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> hey, Tyler Allgear, we're going to get you in here. Run a dive. Do it three straight <laughs> times. <laughs> you know? Like, Drake, you're free Drake London. Yeah, I mean, in London, too. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, so you have what could be, in a, in a decent offensive system, a tight end who has the potential to be a Kittle, you know, or uh, – uh, Oh my gosh, I forgot the guy's Shannon in the, Sharp. He has a position to be Shannon Sharp. Yeah, well, I mean, Sharp blocks 10 times better than Kyle Pitts does. Or, you know, Sharp did at the time, you know. Um, but then you have London, who is a burner on the outside. And Bijan, when given the chance to carry the ball, picks up yards, you know? Like, yeah. it's just. He's Atlanta. the real deal. He's oh, yeah. Deal. Oh, yeah. He just needs a real head coach and a real offensive coordinator and a real quarterback. You know, and it's just like well, everybody's got a OK, well, let's let's before we move on to the next the next team, because we don't need to cover all the teams. Um, <clears throat> do you think Atlanta, if they if this person falls, uh, makes a play for someone like um, now? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Caleb Williams at USC. I mean, the thing is, Caleb is going to go one or two. Um you don't think the talk about him being a, a crybaby and painting his nails is going to hurt him? No, because scouts will overlook damn near everything if you 
show that you can play football. Like Brian Bosworth, like the dude um, <clears throat> actually sat down with scouts in the middle of injecting himself with steroids, and he still ended up getting drafted, right? Tony Mandarich, same thing. Dude literally talked himself and bench pressed himself and being the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. right? I don't think him painting his nails and calling him a crybaby, whatever. People are, dudes are different now, right? Especially when you put everything out there, right? Like with Caleb Williams, a dude just doesn't want to lose. I get that. Yeah. Like he's, he's the black Shorzy. And if anybody doesn't know Shorzy, that's the, the, the offshoot show from Letter Kenny, where he goes, he's playing like senior, what he calls whale shit hockey. And he's like, goes to the worst team. And he's like, I never want to lose again. Right. And -hmm. rather than play a team better than him, because he knows that they're going to get fucking destroyed, just starts a massive brawl and it cancels the game. So he didn't have to lose. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying Caleb Williams and go out and start a fight. So he doesn't have to lose, but like the guy's just passionate about the game and he doesn't like losing. And you got to also think the dude won the Heisman trophy last year, a lot of expectations coming into this year. And he was not helped by Lincoln Riley at, at all. all, at all. Um, he didn't put a serviceable offensive line in front of Williams. He didn't, I mean, he might as well have just played, you know, with no defensive people on the field for as good as they were, you know, like, um, and he had to carry that team by himself, you know, and that I imagine that can get tiring real fucking quick and fray your nerves when you are expected to compete for Pac-12 championships. Um, and, you know, you because of poor recruiting and poor coaching, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, like. And, and you only win, what, seven games, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that I can see how that could you know, wear on him. I, I'm not going to fault the dude for crying. Like I get it. Um, yeah, you can't uh, faulting a man for crying in 2023, even in, in 83 is weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, I've never understood that. Yeah. I, I didn't get it either. Like get it out, man. Have a fucking good cry. You know, it, it's a new cycle where, you know, we're let's, let's dissect this because everything is woke and bad, but um, <laughs> that's right. Oh, All right. Caleb Everything. Williams is a woke snowflake, but the only people bitching about him crying on the sideline are a bunch of conservatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Look, I don't hear his teammates complaining about him. Fuck no. His teammates loved him. He's, you know, he's one of the most exciting college football players I've seen in a long time. He's ridiculously yes. accurate. He actually can run plays from the pocket and he doesn't get rattled. Yeah. Like I mean, do with, with, with fleet feet. Right. I was hoping, I'm hoping that the Patriots will just continue to suck the rest of this year. And the Cardinals pick up another few games. So the Pats can pick one overall and get Caleb. But I just think out of spite, uh, because I have been a spoiled Pats fan for 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, they'll go with Drake may. And I don't oh. trust I don't trust any quarterback from Carolina. North Carolina. I don't. There's a few I, things we don't trust. There's a few yeah. things that you do not trust. The government, a big button, a smile, and a quarterback from North Carolina. As well as farting after Taco Bell. Don't trust that. 
I dare I dare say you might even trust the fart after Taco Bell more than a Carolina quarterback. More than a North Carolina quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, maybe this show will get big enough that, you know, Drake May will tweet at us, but <laughs> I'm, you know who I'm waiting for? Like, it'll probably happen. Like tonight, Mitchell Trubisky is just like Googling his name and he's like, oh, these guys want to talk shit on me. <laughs> Somebody, Joey, Joey Nichols says, LOL, Trubisky PTSD syndrome. Yeah. How PTSD syndrome? Uh, yes. I mean, who else, who went before Trubisky? Was he the first one in, in, the, in the first round? Um, Remember, Trubisky was taken in, what was it, eight? No, 17, wasn't it? 17 or 18. Yeah. And I believe he was 10th overall, and the Bears traded a massive amount of picks to move up to get him. Okay. And, and of course, it's yeah, the Bears. Bears. Are the Bears, real quick about the Bears, are the Bears going to take a quarterback, or is Justin Fields the guy? See, this is the thing. I want Justin Fields to succeed because I love Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. The one Ohio State jersey I have, Justin <laughs> Fields, right? I love the guy. Right. Oh, thank you, Joey. You're right. He did go second overall. Jeez. But they, Joey, they did um, move a ton of picks, right, to move up to get him. Because, like, the Bears were supposed to pick at 10. Maybe that was it. I'm sorry. I'm showing my age here. I apologize, everybody. Three to two. Jesus Christ. That's still a big move. Yeah, that's a lot of that is a lot of picks, you know. But um, I want him. I want Justin Fields to succeed. But I think maybe getting the hell out of Chicago is the best thing for him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Eberflus. I don't know if he keeps his job after this season. Honestly, like we've already seen Frank Reich at the axe in Carolina after eleven mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. right? We're seeing more and more of these, um you know, team owners that are like, fuck, I'm not getting the return on the investment I thought I was getting. So I will fire you. I will pay out the rest of your contract for you to not coach my team anymore. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go pay for a whole other guy to bring in a whole other group of guys that I'm going to have. You know what I mean? Like, so like Dave Tepper is on, will be uh, hiring his eighth coach, including interims since he bought the team in 2018. Jesus. And get this. He owns Charlotte FC, the MLS team. Mm-hmm. Three managers this season. Three this season, their second year. They had two last year. The first guy the first guy made it eight games before he fired him. <laughs> that's, that corporate, that, that's that new corporate mindset, right? That's that I come from the financial world. If we're not turning a profit in five seconds, it ain't worth it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. You that's know. that's a, it's a whole different it's a whole different corporate behemoth that you're dealing with. Um, moving on from basement teams, let's talk about some of the teams in the playoffs. Does the Dallas Cowboys have a legitimate shot to make some noise in the playoffs? Their defense has looked a million times better uh, than in years past. Um. And, dude, I want to say yes. And it's the Cowboys. I go, um, you know, win 13, 14 games in the regular season and somehow choke in the first round, right, or their first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it just Dallas seems to do that year in year out and then we have to spend the next what like five months hearing Cowboys fans cry about a very innocuous pass interference call in week three that costs them something right because that's what that's what Cowboys fans do <laughs> um, but you know the 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 fact of the matter is they it's a talented team um very talented very talented you, you know uh the Cavender twin Haley that just came back uh to play at TCU which is located where Dallas area Dallas area and guess who she's dating the See starting the tight end the starting tight end for oh, wow. you know, the Cowboys yeah and he's he's kind of balled out the last eight games or so so you know it's uh um <laughs> sorry Steve Steve says keep talking about the Cowboys and I will unsubscribe it's, it's gonna be funny we keep going Jason you're gonna get like a cease and desist and then the letter saying uh from a from an attorney saying my client would like all money donated back. I hope that that would be so sad yeah that would hurt my feelings oh my like, god oh, Steve sorry sorry Steve but they do. They got a shot. Do I expect them to do anything? I expect them to act like the Cowboys when they hit the playoffs because they they just seem snake bitten. I mean, that's how I look at it. Like I think they're so snake bitten, they won't win another playoff game until Jerry Jones is dead. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Don't tell that to the Raiders. <laughs> oh, does man. Anthony Pierce stay? Does Anthony Pierce stay in Oakland or sorry in uh, Las Vegas? Oh, dude, I I. I think Mark Davis would be an idiot to not just say, Hey, like, honestly, they're, they're playing a lot better. You know, they seem to like enjoy playing football again, which under mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels, everybody just looked like over it, you know? Um, like honestly, Max Crosby, who is one of the, you know, more dominant pass rushing ends mm -hmm. in the NFL, that guy looked like, he's just like, I have to do this to justify the big contract extension I signed. But I really just want to make it to off season right now. Like I want to be, I want to go on vacation. This isn't fun, you know. And I honestly, if I were Mark Davis, I'm just going down to him saying, "Hey, um, I like what you're doing. Let's remove the interim tag, you know, and and you work with that front office to make sure you're you're plugging as many holes as you can in that franchise because there's a lot of them, um, a lot of them that you know need to be plug they they need a number one wide out like jacoby Myers is a great slot receiver but he's not a number one dude um i don't think Devonte is going to stay there i think i, I mean you honestly can't. what you, you trade him get picks that way you can build you know flesh out that roster you need to rebuild the entire offensive line uh, they're going to need a quarterback uh i think they really need to mend fences with josh jacobs to get him to stick around because you know he's there's only so many, but there's so many quarterbacks we're going to get into that in a second there's so many quarterbacks coming out in my opinion, that we might even see Bryce Young get the um, Josh Rosen treatment because there's yeah, so but many that, out. but this is the thing: the Panthers don't have a first rounder this year. Oh, that's they traded right. they traded that away to move up last season to get Young. So maybe you know, they trade back into the we've seen Denver did it. Yeah, I didn't think they I mean, could get a first rounder for Chubb. Yeah, I mean, there's but there's not a lot of things you could trade. Carolina right now um you know there's 
hardly any talent on that team. Um, it's if we're talking like talent deficient teams right now, mm-hmm. the Patriots and Panthers are one A and one B. Like they are both that bad, you know. And there's like, you know, typically you rip this thing down to the studs, send down as many contracts as you can, and get picks back. But like when you don't have anybody that any other team really wants. <clears throat> You know what what can you do um you know and this is where the front offices have to be smart and where i've said it a million times everybody what can we not do we cannot pit miss on picks in rounds one to three those are how you build franchises mm-hmm. four to seven is how you backfill everything right and you maybe you get lucky and you you hit on a pick late in in the draft and that's great that is fucking phenomenal but that is the exception not the rule the rule mm-hmm. is one to three period you have to hit on those guys. And Belichick hasn't managed to do that in fucking a decade. You Oof. know? Oof. And, you know, and the thing is, it's the the days of the Patriot way and plug and play and, you know, getting cutesy and having like Mike Rabel line up as a tight end and Troy Brown playing defensive back. You can't get away with that shit anymore. No. You can't do it. You know, the game is different. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is the Pats and the Panthers both have swung and missed uh, a lot more than they've hit on their draft picks in the last five or six years. And it shows in, in the, uh, you know, in, in the, the, the makeup of these rosters. Oh, Claw Pats need more than that. They need wide receivers. They need offensive linemen. You need another running back to spell Ramondre. You need a fucking quarterback, first of all. You know what I mean? Again, there's just so many coming out. And I, I think the first, there's at least, what, you say 10 quarterbacks coming out to the first rounders? I wouldn't go 10. Wait, DJ's not coming out, right? Um, Right now, uh, DJ's in the transfer portal. Transfer portal, which I um, thought was weird. Why? I mean, uh, Smith left. He he took the Michigan State job. So Go to the league, kid. You're like uh, 30. Well, I mean, it's 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 I, we're going to see this more and more, I believe, because of NIL. And you you said that when we first started doing the show when in NIL you're, you straight up said you're going to see kids stay in school longer because they can make a few million playing in college dominating and they're guarded against you know injury and things like that could happen going into the pros. Um, and super seniors are are common. You know you have I think yeah. every Heisman candidate except for Marvin Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a super senior, right? Yes, I believe so. And the thing is, it's like, you know, you've got um, with the new transfer rules, you get one free transfer um, Mm -hmm. and then you can, again, transfer as a grad student. So that's why you're probably going to see guys, um, you know, literally um, hitting two, maybe three schools. They're going to go to the the programs that offer them the best chance to Mm -hmm. put together tape to get to the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out, but if you're talking like guys that you can plug in now and it can change kind of the face of your team. And I'm not talking kind of like what CJ's done in Houston, where I don't think anybody saw, I didn't think he was going to be that good in the NFL. I didn't think I he was, think gonna be that good in the NFL. I didn't think he was going to have the rookie season he's having. Like I watched, CJ for two years, that guy can put a ball anywhere he wants. But still, the windows he was throwing to at Ohio State were so massive. And the talent he was playing against wasn't there. 
This kid walks into the NFL like it's any other day. Yeah. He's built different. Well, dude, this is this is why Ohio State, a lot of Ohio State fans hate him because when they mm-hmm. asked him about Ohio State, Michigan, he was just like, I don't play for that. I, that He's like, I got a game tomorrow. Yeah. You know, he takes the game seriously and he's not in college anymore, you know, and he realizes that. And there's a lot riding on him continuing to grow as a player. And I'm, I think he's probably going to be at the same level of like, you know, Burrow and, you know, Mahomes in four or five years, you know? Um, but like who saw Houston going from one of the worst franchises oh. in, in the league? To- it's not like he's throwing to a team. He doesn't have Andre Johnson out there. Dude, he's throwing to you and me. <laughs> you know, and, and and that game against the Bron- that was a close game. I, I watched, the, I missed the actual game. I had to watch the little play-by-play thing, and um, that was a good game. Yeah, he's he is the real deal, and it makes me sad because him and Bryce are such good friends, and you kind of wanted both those kids to succeed. They seem like just you know decent humans, but uh, I I we talked about Bryce before, and I just don't think the NFL game is a game that he's cut out for. We'll see if he gets a new coach and talent yeah. around him. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the thing is, is guys, I, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful about like Tank Dow and Nico Collins, but up until this season, like these guys, and it, it goes back to bad coaching. I will freely admit that. Right. And Houston had a series of bad coaches um, and they didn't develop the way that, you know, you playing in the NFL, you'd expect a player too. So, I mean, that that's great to see that D'Amico Ryans and his staff have said, hey, we're going to lean into these young players. We're going to work through the, the rookie and young player mistakes, and we're just going to roll, right? We're just going to roll with them, and it's worked out great. You know, I think D'Amico, one, I, it showed his coaching chops with the yeah. Niners when he, yeah. was, when he was running the defense there. He Wasn't worked- he there when Alex Smith was young too? I think he was still playing. Yes, I'm saying. Wasn't he with you know? the Niners when Alex Smith was young? Um, you know, D'Amico spent most of his career in Houston. In Houston. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the guy knows how to coach and develop young players. And he's got a great rapport with all those young players. And I imagine that he, like, he's not that much older than them. You know, he's younger than us. Um, so, like... I think that's great, especially when you're trying to build a young team. You want a coach that one is is open to uh, developing and kind of growing with, especially considered that he was, uh, you know, this is his first head coaching gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to have that connection with a coach too. Like the like, I'm gonna say it again, dude. Um, you know, the Bill Belichick way doesn't work anymore. You can't be like that gruff dude that kind of is just a puppet master that doesn't have a lot of face time with his players. Um, you know, you have to be the guy that, that is D'Amico Ryan's like, honestly, that's what you have to be now. Um, you know, or a Mike Shanahan or a Mike or a Kyle Shanahan, a Mike McDaniel. Well, let me, let me ask you this question about coaching real quick. Then I'm going to ask you about one more team. Actually, let me ask you about one more team and then we'll have a coaching question for you. Okay. Um, are the Kansas city chiefs for real? Or are they a one and done team? No, um, I'm going to say it again. Um, 
the offensive talent outside of Mahomes, Pacheco, and Travis Kelsey is not good. It's not good, right? Uh, Kansas City's defense has looked better than it has in past years, but they have a horrible time getting warmed up. Like Green Bay drove down the field on like three straight drives and put points up. And then you saw them kind of like buckle down. You can't do that this late in the year, man, especially in games you have to win. Um, You know, but like, you know, Steve, you're absolutely right. Kansas City doesn't need a wide receiver. They need multiple, right? I think we we expected the drop off after moving Tyreek to Miami, right? We know we knew that was going to happen, but then they had a great year last year. Yeah. But you don't have like that guy, right? That can kind of change the tempo of a game the way Hill obviously has done since like day fucking one, you know, you have to like Kansas city needs to go out and get a wide receiver like that. Yeah. Rice is a nice receiver, Joey, but I mean, is he going to be a dude that comes up with the tough catches when they need him to, right? We don't know yet. Um, but, like, when you look at some of those other wideouts on Kansas City's rosters, dude, like, Tony is, like, the king of the drop. Um, <laughs> Sadly. Yeah, you know, like, the other wideouts that they have don't get separation very well from the corners. They're covered a lot. And, you know, you got to think, the years that they had like Tyreek Hill and even Sammy Watkins is like a second option. It opened up the field for Travis Kelsey. Yep. You know, and Kelsey is not seeing open lanes anymore, man. Like he's, he's making tough catches because the guy's just like a black hole. You get the ball around him. He gets his mitts on it. And it's, it's a reception, right? He doesn't drop a lot of balls. Um, But like, they're not going for the big yardage anymore, man. You know, he's he's a guy that's like doing like a nine yard route. The ball's there for him to catch. But, you know, the wideouts aren't a they're not a threat. So you can literally adjust the defense to where you can play a safety uh, that go right along with Kelsey, along with that linebacker. So he's not having those, you know, those alleys to to bust the big plays. And you can kind of see Mahomes frustrated as shit, too. You know, like he just looks like flustered. Uh, And a lot of that has to do with with not a very good offensive line and the fact that he's getting the ball to receivers and the receivers just aren't coming up with catches. I do have to ask you about this team, a team that everybody had picked um, as a Super Bowl contender, at least a playoff contender, the Buffalo bills. Are they making it into the NFL? Yeah, I think they're going to be a wild card. Um, I I think the East is, is kind of locked up unless they, Unless they go on a heater, right? Unless they just peel off, you got to think they're six and six right now. Mm-hmm. So they have five more games. If they can rip off five straight wins, you know, because what does Miami do? They blow out the teams they should and really struggle with mm-hmm. with teams that they're trying to, you know, compete with as far as like being in the top, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and if Buffalo goes on a heater, they can make it close. But I can see, I see him getting this a wild card, and that's only if like Josh Allen like stops turning the ball over, right? That guy's got an interception in like six, seven straight games. Um, you know, and he, and he's pressing. I, that's all it is. Like, I think he's just feeling um, pressure to maintain like the, the success that Buffalo's had over the last four or five years, right? Um, and 
but like that's a good team. There's a lot of talent on that roster. I don't know what the hell's going on, honestly. Like mm-hmm. Allen is just so up and down. Like he'll put together a really good game, and then he'll have a game where he throws two picks, has a fumble, completes like fifty. But kind of back to those those managers that come with from financial backgrounds or managers, team owners. Yeah. There was a time when your franchise player, i.e. your quarterback, could have down years. Your team could have down years. I've been a Denver Bronco fan since 1986. They didn't go to the Super Bowl every year. They didn't go to the playoffs every year. They had some sub-500 seasons in the Elway era. Yeah. I uh, Tommy, Tommy, oh, what is his name? Tommy Maddox. Yeah. Was drafted and was in 92 to be the heir apparent to Elway because of some down seasons that they had. And, you know, Elway made sure that Maddox was selling insurance. <laughs> Yeah. In a few hey, seasons. Hey, listen, Maddox won a title, an XFL title. An XFL, title he was. did. He did. And he, and he, look, didn't he lead the uh, Steelers to the playoffs? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, he had a couple, and then he gave way to uh, Slash. Uh, it's Cordell Stewart. Uh, Cordell Stewart. Yeah. But um, John Elway was the franchise. He was the face of, of the team. He was Mr. Colorado. And it's insane to think about. Well, what if we go move Elway to the Raiders? They need quarterback help. Like no one was thinking it. That was never part yeah. of a conversation in sports media at all, which was very different before. before you know, oh yeah, sports radio. But I say that because now your superstar player has a bad year. Well, let's just give someone a new shiny thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a thing. So I understand. I say that because I understand why these guys feel pressure that might not have been there even these movies that talk about football it's like that's an antiquated football you're talking about with the old guy and then trying to hang off no if the new guy is a thing that sells jerseys sorry old guy yeah yeah i mean and that's that's a that big thing now because uh maybe not so much in football but when you look at basketball baseball um, and hockey with the regional sports networks, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, like Bally's that just, it's, it's going to go bankrupt. Um, like the Cleveland guardians right now are looking at cutting costs, even though they've had a pretty, you know, they went to the world series in 2016. They've won the central more often than not, uh, until the last few years, they've had a couple down years, but because they were guaranteed $60 million by this TV deal that may not be there when the season starts. Mm. right so when you look at teams outside of big markets so boston new york los angeles uh in the bay area right mm-hmm. those are the biggest tv markets um teams rely on those um uh deals you know the, the sponsorship deals from like maybe their stadium the the regional sports networks the money that they may get from NFL network, right? Like they rely on that money in order to support team operations, mm-hmm. right? You know, when it's not there, what happens? Well, we got to cut costs and it's not just cutting costs. That means you're going to send star players somewhere else, right? It also mm-hmm. means increased ticket prices because, Hey man, we're sports fans in this country. We're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not quite like EPL bad, you know, English Premier League, 
Like, dude, their ticket prices have went up like almost 140% over the last decade. But it, just, wouldn't it have more to do with like trying to get rid of the soccer hooligans and let's get the poor people out of the sport? No, it was it was trying to get new stadiums built. Okay. Right. It almost all of it was directly tied to that. And on top of that, you had a lot of billionaires start buying into EPL. You know, Cronky, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the family that owns the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then you had the introduction of the Saudis and the you know the Emiratis that were purchasing teams you know, for several billion spent like just open checkbook during transfer periods. So you're like, yeah, we got to make some of this back. We're raising ticket prices because you know what English people are not going to do, not go to the stadium on game days. They're going to go. Wasn't that, also, wasn't that also a way to get rid of, I mean, maybe you got a two prong solution. We can make up some of these losses, but we could also clean up some of the violence in the stands. Yeah. But I mean, even then by the time of the formation of the premier league, which you have to think it's one of the younger sports leagues uh, because they didn't like the way that the, you know, the English soccer pyramid was kind of set up. So the teams in the EPL mm-hmm. formed the league in spite of like what the English soccer federation wanted. Um, there's a great book. I read it in like two days about it. And I was just <laughs> like, Holy shit. Um, you know, but just the fact that they are literally the, the most uh, financially dominant league on the planet. And a lot of it is tied to television. Right. EPL is in every country, every fucking country. You know, the NFL is trying to do that. Um, and, and you know, they're, they're kind of doing it in increments with the, you know, the international series of games, which yeah. will be which will be expanding as well. They're going to hold more games in Mexico. Um, they're going to do another couple in Germany, uh, England. And they're also talking about uh, maybe trying Spain or France. So. Last night, walking back to my car in downtown Rosarito. So I think I told you this. They do school in shifts out here. Really? Yeah, there's like a day shift of kids. There's an afternoon shift of kids. And there's an evening shift. So there's kids that get out of school like 7 o'clock. It's weird. Yeah. So you could be walking around at night in downtown. And there's just, you know, kids get out of school. Parents everywhere. But uh, I saw kids, a group of boys. And boys walk around with a football. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you saw, but the one of the Miami Heat's big hits in the draft mm-hmm. is a dude who's a Mexican American that played at UCLA, right? Like his family were were first gen, mm-hmm. um, you know. So like soccer was traditionally like a very dominant sport in Mexico, and there's a reason for it. Like that was a huge means when the game developed of colonial and neo-colonial control it really was but now with things like the fucking internet kids are being exposed to you know american football i mean dude there's been a huge explosion of american football leagues overseas italy has a league now uh ireland's had a league for about five six years um you know and you know well i mean while rugby i think Rugby and football are amazing sports. I don't think the NFL can compete internationally, but they don't have to. If you're the third most popular league in the world, you are still freaking just rolling in dough. So I I, I don't think that Goodell, I hope he's not so, you know, like maniacal that he thinks he can overtake (laughs) soccer, you know, or rugby as the dominant international sport, but he'd be really okay with being number three. 
you know? So like, it's, you know, it, that that's, that's the plan, you know? And the thing is, if you get American football leagues started in other countries, the NFL has already shown that they will put money into it. And while the NFL owners kind of killed NFL Europa, you know, mm -hmm because they were like, well, we're losing money. Well, they see the international growth now where they didn't 15 years ago, you know? So it's, it's going to be interesting. If the Chargers um, would have stayed and just built a stadium in TJ. <laughs> oh man. Do you want a Chargers? Look, the Niners play an hour and a half from San Francisco. I know, which I think is nuts. And that's that's like if there's no traffic that day. You know? So, <laughs> you know, you could call yourself the San Diego Chargers. If you can call yourself the Golden State Chargers if you want to. Yeah. Um, And just build a stadium in TJ. Dude, every sold out. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, sad, sold out. the sad thing is I don't think the Spanos family wanted to be responsible for building a stadium. <laughs> That's what I think it was. There's a stadium there already. It's antiquated though, Jason. Did you look, I haven't been to too many new stadiums. Um, as the last tour I did in big arenas, I think the newest stadium that was out was the Cowboys. Oh dude. And that's the Taj Mahal. That's the standard. Oh that no, no, no. The last new stadium I went to was the Niners. I saw okay. that. I saw the night. I did the. I did the college championship there. Um, but look, man, you can play at the. You're fine. You're the Chargers. You're fine. You're not winning shit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing though. Like we we were we actually talked about like how horrible like the the stadium industrial complex is when it comes <laughs> to you know. Dude. When it comes to like just leaving, dude, how many? Oh, I don't even want to get into that. I don't want to derail it because we get yelled at in the comments. Like they didn't start talking about the topic until like an hour in. Yeah, goddamn right. And that's where we're gonna do things. Yeah. On this show, if you don't like it, sorry, I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, I mean, but Steve, you're right. The Spanos family aren't what you would call uber wealthy, and they saw a means of getting into a larger market in a brand new stadium without having to pay for any of it. Right. Cronky was like, I'm building SoFi. It's mine. Mm -hmm. I want the same deal Jerry Jones has. And he did, he's got it. Right. And the thing is, it's going to be interesting because eventually the Spanos family is going to have nothing to do with the charters. Like the children already came out and said, we're really not in the mood to deal with this shit. We just want to like be rich white people. Right. And the fact of the matter is they'll be able to sell it. Somebody said, you know, in, in, in the chat that, you know, wait five, 10 years, they'll get an extra billion for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at what point do they get by, bought out by the next, uh, you know, we'll say the, the NFL equivalent of Steve Ballmer, right. Mm. Who buddied up at, at, at the forum and um, at whatever they're calling Staples Center now, crypto.com arena, you know, still crypto. Yeah, I think it is still crypto. Okay. Um, I could be wrong though. I just think it's hilarious that crypto managed to like, <laughs> right? Yeah, the stadium. But, but like, what did Ballmer do? Like after a while, he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I want my team to have their own space because my my team's locker room is covered in purple and gold, 
right? Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore, right? So what did he do? He went out and bought some land, worked with the LA City Council and every, you know, all the the bullshit that goes along with building a stadium and plopped down his own, you know, wallet and said, I'm building my own shit. The Spanos family is going to sell out to a guy like Ballmer because it's the only people that can afford to buy teams now, you know, or bajillion, you know, like I wouldn't put it past Elon Musk just saying, you know what? I cratered Twitter. Um, Tesla stocks not looking great because I tied so much of my Twitter debt to my Tesla stock. Um, <laughs> how can I, and like people don't like me anymore because I'm saying dumb shit on TV. How can I fix this? And he tries to fucking, futurist ai and nfl team right like i you know the, the the these ownership groups are very like good old boy but they have been just infiltrated more and more by younger folks uh steve uh, the commander's already sold commander's already sold bezos pulled out um it's another tech dude that bought it um bought the commanders but you know it's only a matter of time um before you know we get a, a, a super tech bro or even bezos throws his hat in the ring is like well I elon, commanders. Musk, elon musk loves being in the center of controversy so the quote-unquote dumb shit that he says just makes him the center of controversy yeah i mean it just I, it shocks me that a man who bought a platform that's entirely dependent on ad sales um is chasing off the biggest companies that he needs to advertise on his platform don't be, don't be. Uh, um don't I mean be. don't be why the, the, he's suge knight <laughs> no, that's fair <laughs> don't be. what I was just, the first thing harry o told suge knight don't be the face of the record label hide in the background what's the first thing suge knight does walks around with a big cigar shakes vanilla ice down for a bunch of money Dangles you him know, over a balcony. You know, <laughs> yells at the Source Awards about leaving Puffy to come to death row. Come on, man. He's 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 a different kind of Suge Knight. He's the new Suge Knight. Yeah, the old I mean, Suge Knight doesn't exist anymore because you just can't be a tough guy and beat shit out of people and then be that guy's gone. Elon Musk is the new Suge Knight. What are you talking about, Elon and Mark Zuckerberg? Are gonna have a cage match, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and who are they? And who are they dangling up? They're dangling. Who are they dangling out the window? You know, you, you know who's gonna get dangled out the window? <laughs> Linda Yaccarino. That's who's gonna get dangled out the fucking window. That poor woman already probably hates her life. <laughs> you know, like. Well, look. I want to get to the main, the main, the main uh, topic on the show today, which is the last year of the of the college football playoff series. Now I remember the four team playoffs, four team playoffs. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I remember the BCS days. Oh yeah. And I remember all of the hate for the BCS days, but it was one versus two. And so everybody wanted to see one versus two. We want to have a non-contested national champion one verse two. That wasn't enough for people. I'm glad that you brought this up. Oh, because um, what still gets produced after our playoff? Bowls. 
the AP and coaches polls. Oh, okay. So we technically, technically, the opportunity for a split national championship is still there because if enough coaches or AP writers decide that Florida State wins their bowl game, they're undefeated, they could actually vote them as the AP or coaches poll national champ. Didn't that happen to Central Florida a few years back? Well, no, Central Florida claimed they were national champs. They were not, they did not end up number one in either of the polls, um, but they claimed one, right? And yeah. the thing is, everybody should not laugh at UCF for doing that because, you know, when Bama and Ohio State say, you know, we have like 12 national titles. Well, before 1930, nine i believe there wasn't like the poll system that we have now yeah so you had a lot of people claiming national titles right like they just did because they were undefeated at the end of the season you know so um yeah like the, the thing is is i i hate that college football especially the highest echelons of college football Mm-hmm. did not institute a playoff system at the very advent of the game. This is the only sport on the fucking planet that doesn't have a real playoff. Right? Well, they have the bowl system, which is trash. Okay, it's junk. But do, would you say would you say this and I I'd love to get your guys's opinion on this. It feels like to me as a person again who's watched the game for a long time and seen it change and I'm not saying that my version of watching the game is better than anyone's version now. It's just I have a different um my memory of this game is a little different before the BCS, before the idea of the one and only national champion. Like you say, Mac, there was multiple coaches polls. And even beyond that, there was this thing called bowl week on yep. ESPN that started like maybe the week of Christmas. So for me, this huge college football fan, once there was a bowl week, once there was enough games that could constitute a week before the first. Someone says, shut up, Boomer Steve. I will find you in San Diego. And I will shake the shit out of you. I will shake the living shit. I don't care if you're 6'8 with a bad attitude. But It's going um, to be you and Linda Yaccarino just over the sides of that balcony, Steve. <laughs> but, but if you, like, for me, those games, like, I remember watching Aaron Rodgers in the Holiday Bowl. And Cal looking like children against the thing it was Virginia Tech they beat. Yeah, I mean the Holiday is, Bowl was the Holiday Bowl for me was kind of like, dude, the, watching Ty Detmer throw for like 500 yards in the yeah. Holiday Bowl. You know, you gotta think the Holiday Bowl now isn't even a second tier bowl, but at one point no. you had national championship teams playing there. Like that was the bowl game yeah. that BYU won when they when they won the title right. in what was it 83, 84. Um, but, and that wasn't a New Year's Day bowl. No, no, it wasn't. Um, but like, this is the thing: there's 84 teams playing in a bowl game, dude, and there's 133 FBS teams. Mm-hmm. Like, so more than half. Like, somebody do the math there. Um, you know, are getting to play in a bowl game. You know, but the bowl games to me, again, as a kid, with no gambling stakes, right? There's no fantasy stakes. There's no, you know, I care a little bit about the draft. 
with my little scouting sheet, right? Those games for me, I loved them. Of the family I lived with, they loved college football. Like we we got into college football to, around the same time. Well, I mean, as as a family, right? Us all watching it together. And I remember going, there's this kid out of Nevada. You got to watch this kid out of Nevada. This quarterback is number 10. This tall kid. You guys know him as the guy that kneels now. <laughs> yeah. But he was this tall. He was like breaking records at Nevada. That family went to go watch him play in a bowl game uh, at uh, not Candlestick Park, but wherever the Giants play now, Pac Bell. Yep. For like maybe 10,000 people showed up. But they were like, we got to see this Kaepernick kid play because we really like this Kaepernick kid. He's so fun to watch. I mean, Bowl Jason, games were fun. I I piss and moan about the bowl system just because there's so many of them now. Well, again, and before I, you say this, I want to say that I want to end with this. Before okay. you, I, I hate to cut you off. I promise I'll mute myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No worries, brother. No worries, man. When I heard on sports radio, multiple people say, who gives a hell? about any of the bowl games it's all trash it's all about who's number one i'm like oh that's what it wasn't was about it was they were just fun games to watch yeah i mean the thing is i i watch every bowl game because i just genuinely love football i love the sport and i watch it i watch you know i'll watch the combined xfl usfl coming up i'm, I'm gonna watch canadian football this summer i i will, will watch football right and it is fun. Like I got to go see um, Coastal Carolina two years ago when they when they started the Myrtle Beach Bowl, mm. and and that was a lot of fun seeing it played on like the teal turf. And it's mm -hmm. a very cozy stadium. It, it was super rad. And I think I only paid like fifteen bucks for a ticket, right? And I like on a whim I went on Twitter and DM the athletic department. I'm like, hey, I'm a freelance sports writer. Can I get credentials? And they're like, bro uh we don't even have credentials but you can get like a cheap ticket come down and we'll put you on the sideline and i was like fucking bet you know <laughs> like it was <laughs> it was kind of like fly by the cd of their pants because a lot of these small bowls that's what they have to do like i i want everybody to go out and read the sports illustrated article about what happened to the acc's bowl uh uh choices because it's like a big deal typically only takes an hour took nine hours because sf uh, fsu didn't make the playoff like literally Notre Dame had their name pulled out of a hat to go to their bowl. Okay. Like that's how kind of hectic it was. Um, and you, you know, it, they are fun because you get to, like in what other world is like Northern Illinois is going to a bowl game this year. Mm -hmm. Steady, steady program out of the Mac. Uh, but Toledo's kind of like owned it, you know, the last few years, they didn't win the the conference play uh, championship this year. Miami of Ohio did. Um, but, you know, like Northern Illinois doesn't go to a lot of bowls, you know, but so, I mean, it's, it's great, but like I, because I just hate being happy, you know, I look at the economic impact of these games yeah. on the cities, right? And most of these bowl games are losers, like as yeah. far as a, a financial thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the bowl games out West try and skirt union, uh, uh venues where unions are present there's a reason why you play a bowl game you know january or end of december in el paso yeah you know um so 
you know, it's it's kind of like I could just shut up and enjoy the football, but like I said, I can't be happy. I have to constantly think about you know the the, the shit that I love, or you know the the things that I, I, are very important to me. But yeah, man, it's just we shouldn't have forty one bowl games, dude. We should not have mm-hmm. forty one bowl games. If we have one hundred thirty three teams and eighty four of them are going to bowl games, like that is fucking sad, dude. You know, um. Like James Madison, because uh, they moved up from FCS to FBS, you know, they won 24 games the two seasons they've been at FBS. Yeah, yeah. They were not eligible to go to a bowl game, but because they did not have enough teams that had six wins, they got a they got a bowl invite this year. And they're playing a big bowl game. No. Uh, here, I'll tell you which ones they're playing. Um, let's see. And, and there was bowls. Look, we have to also admit that there – there was New Year's Day, there was New Year's Eve, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so we have – oh, come on. Now you're going to do this to me? JC says, I'm going to start the TIR Bowl and invite Washington State and Oregon State every year until they find homes. <laughs> James, <laughs> James Madison is playing Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl on December 23rd. Um, but uh, I mean, that's the thing, Jason, if we got enough, like if we found a rich dude that just wanted to like have a vanity, vanity project one year, mm-hmm. we can get the, this is revolution bowl because fucking Portnoy did it with Barstool for two seasons. And like, it that's literally true. was, was two pages of paperwork that he submitted to the NCAA worked with ESPN and rebranded an ESPN owned game because they owned 17 of the bowl games. Right. And just slapped Barstool on it. Joey says, I personally could do without the Reynolds wrap aluminum foil bowl. <laughs> there's there's tons of bowls. I get it. But again, I can't watch bowl games the way I watch bowl games back then, because there was also the senior bowls like like the East West Shrine game, the Hula Bowl. I used to yeah, love those games. And the thing is, they change the rules now. So if you yeah. are a junior, you can play officially in the Senior Bowl. So it's essentially for people that are just trying to go into the NFL. Maybe they don't. They played at smaller schools, mm-hmm. or you know, D two FCS. This will give them an opportunity on a national stage to you know to practice against you know the the big boys and all that. So, I mean, I think that's good. I don't I mind mean, that. I don't mind that at all. Let coaches see you and deal with you in a practice situation. Oh, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I think it's smart. Honestly, it should have been done years ago. Um, but uh, and you can stay quiet about this third round, you know, running back that you could yeah. probably steal in the fifth that you think might yeah. have first round talent. But you know, you went to James Madison, or he had a down year, or, or sh- sh- maybe you just went to New Mexico State, which strangely enough um, won ten games this year. And the yeah. conference and, and came up just short in the conference USA title game. Like that's nuts. New Mexico yeah. state, like fuck. I mean, and the thing is we're going to see a lot of changes because like, I don't know if you know, but like um, the new NCAA president, mm-hmm. he's only been in the job a month mm-hmm. and wrote up like a, a, a proposal saying that, and I quote a new subdivision consisting of the schools with the highest resources that would separate itself from the rest of the FBS as well as division one and have its own rules and own regulations. Awesome. 
the FBS would then still have access to the college football playoff, right? So these this new division would crown its own champ. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the new subdivision would give schools the ability to arrange NIL deals for athletes with no cap on compensation. That signals an unrestricted direct pay for play model that is a nod toward current lawsuits that seek to remove regulations around compensation. Now, here's this is the the floor that you have to ascribe to to be one of those top you know schools. This you is have, very important. You have to offer every athlete thirty thousand dollars. Every athlete. Okay, that's women swimmers. That is your crew. You know, nerds. Okay. The gymnastics team. Yep. That is everybody. Okay. Men's now, volleyball that no one watches. Yep. So I think that's great. Um, I, I think it's about time we finally realized that um, the way the sport is set up now isn't going to work. It's just not. Um, we've seen realignment essentially destroy the Pac-12, which, yeah. believe it or not, guys, for the next two years will operate as a two-team league because they have a two-year grace period before they have to either do one of two things, uh, completely disband the Pac-12 and find other homes, which would probably be the Mountain West, um, or they absorb the Mountain West and just restock the Pac-12 with the Mountain West teams. Uh, the Pac-12... Uh, Oregon State and Washington State have both signed a deal with the Mountain West where both Oregon State and Wazoo will play six games against the Mountain West. So that fleshes out, you know, more than half their schedule to where all they'll have to really do now is set up essentially their non-conference schedule, you know, those first three games. So, you know, um, if if we would have had something like this a few years ago, we probably would have already had this kind of like separation or break with the top 40 teams. And these are the, the absolute blue bloods, right? Like the USC's UCLA's Ohio States, the sec teams minus maybe Vanderbilt. Cause I don't think um, you'll, you'd see Vandy like go in there uh, and, and, and do that. I don't think that they're that dedicated to athletics the way a private school, like say Duke is Stanford. Yeah. I mean, well, again, in Stanford, the, the the biggest gripe about Stanford was that literally all the Olympic sports come out of the West Coast and Stanford University. Stanford, yeah. Right. So they, you know, everybody's like, well, the U.S., you know, people don't realize the U.S. Olympic uh, umbrella organization isn't very well funded. So they lean on Stanford to find all those Olympic sports athletes, you know. And uh, didn't who's their big donor? Isn't it this, the Nike guy? Didn't he do grad school there? Uh, the Nike guy, Phil Knight. He's yeah. or he's Oregon only. Hey, Oregon. Uh, Did he do grad school at Stanford? Yeah, I believe so. But I mean, Stanford has no. They have one. I mean, they have they no problem with donors. Yeah, like they they're fine. You know, like they've got they're all that fine. Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah they got that Silicon stupid. Valley money. Politician money. They they're good. Yeah, you know, oil but, baron like, money. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be if this takes place, which I think Baker wants it to happen uh, Mm -hmm. because you got to understand Baker was like a general or some shit like he's, you know, he's not Miles Brand. 
uh, <laughs> who was a fucking spineless jellyfish that just was like, well, I guess we can do something. This, this is the NCAA. We are a nonprofit, but we did have over $2 billion in generated revenue last year, right? Like, I think Baker really wants to set up, like, knowing full well that if we keep going through the changes in the game, that we're going to happen whether fans want them to or not. Um, that this is going to be better for the game overall. That way you don't you don't have conferences like the MAC mm-hmm. that are constantly getting left behind or Conference USA. They can still have their own championships. They can still like have better access to bowl games and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. But with these top guys, they don't need those bowls. They just mm-hmm. need they need a playoff. And if you have the top 40 teams, like the, those those top earning teams, mm-hmm. split them up into, you know, fuck, dude. I would even dare say eight, eight conferences regionally can- aligned. And then you just have, okay, the Midwest, you, you know, you, however you want to bust them up, we can go Northeast, South or West and have, you know, like AFC, NFC type shit. And you win your con, you win your division, you go to the playoff. It'd be a real fucking playoff finally. But do you, do you see it this way? And this is the way I see it. We can't, you know, much like us remembering these fun bowl games that we just watch to watch. Uh, yeah. I'm the 96 who gives a shit.com bowl. Right. You know, he's like, dude, did you watch that game the other night where dude threw for 500 yards? That's done. You know why? Because the pundits who we have to be honest about this kind of control the way we digest and dissect what we see. Absolutely. And you know, we said it on this show, gambling is changing the way that we see the game. The NIL is changing the way we see the game. And it's allowing a certain kind of financialization of the way we talk about people and players, um, especially with fantasy sports as well, where we're putting intrinsic values on everything. So all this is a zero-sum game. Gambling is zero-sum, Right. And so since we're viewing everything through a gambler's lens, most of the shows that we think we're watching on our 24-hour sports news cycle is just paid-for gambling programming disguised as a show, you know, which if we had enough money, Mac, you and I could do that on ESPN Radio. We could pay – I would love to know how much it costs to do that and act like you have a radio show, and then it's just an ad for your your gambling site. Yeah. But but, – um. What I'm afraid of is that nothing matters except for who's number one. And that's all the talk around college sports is about the worthlessness of bowl games and the idea of participation trophies. And this is a generation of weaklings that get participation trophies just for trying. And I'm like, dude. I got and, a participation trophy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You have some as well, right? The fuck? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was in the army. I had a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but the fact of the matter is I agree with you hundred percent, but what led to the proliferation to the point where we're at 41 bowl games, the fucking same people, the same generation of people that are bitching mm-hmm. about it now mm-hmm. because they saw an easy way to like put their name on something. That was mm-hmm. going to be on ESPN and in front of, you know, however many million people are going to watch it on TV at fucking, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon on the 16th of December, which is a, <laughs> yeah, on a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, so like, you know, it, those same people that saw economic opportunity, you're bitching about it now. And it's like, dude, I hate to tell you this, the entire bowl system 
is one of participation trophies mm. because you had the top teams, you know, and granted, you know, we going back into like the, the, the college football Alliance, which led to the, you know, um, uh, the computerized bullshit that, you know, we, we dealt BCS. with, yeah. yeah, the BCS, um, you know, you knew who the top two or three teams that were going to be in it, like potentially getting, you know, that the, the three teams that were going to get those number one votes that were going to be potentially national champs. So every other bowl game, it's just an opportunity to win a trophy, you know, and people don't might not like to hear that, but who gives a shit? It's true. You know, especially now when there's 41 of them, you know, like a lot of them are participation trophies. And like I said, for small programs, that's great. And there's no reason to do away with it. Maybe cut some away. If oh, you get, we can cut some. We can trim the fat. You know what I mean? But if you have those top 40 league or you, 40 leave and form their own subdivision, you can still have 20 bowl games and the CFP with whoever is left in FBS. You can still do that. And the fact of the matter is people will still watch it. People watch the D3 playoff on ESPN. They watch the yeah. D2 playoff on ESPN. Yeah. They watch the FCS playoffs. People watch, you know? So, like, let's not act like people aren't going to be still be invested in it. The TV model is going to be different. Absolutely. Right? But, you know, we've been watching a kind of – very different TV model happened with, you know, cord cutting and people moving to streaming and watching ESPN and Fox and all the, the, the companies that are paying billions to air these sports fumble horribly with their apps and their streaming services. Like they're ass, they're horrible. You yeah. know, like ESPN has probably fucked it up the most. You know, you're the worldwide leader and your app sucks. Like how oh. can you justify that? You know, but, you know, change is part of the game now, and it is because of the financialization of it. But the fact of the matter is, and I've said it before, and I will say it again, that happened in 1984. This is nothing new. When the Board of Regents of the University of Oklahoma won a Supreme Court case against the NCAA that allowed schools to sign their own TV deals, the sports financialized at that point. There's no amateurism. It was only amateurism forced on players but for the school the athletic department everything else they're raking in cash but do you think this is this is what we were reading uh and talking about last week with this idea that sooner than later everybody goes public with sports and it's well, no longer a non-profit venture well i mean i i think honestly i, I wish they would just lean into it like at least arizona you know, the University of Arizona is a um, taking a proactive look at how expensive running an athletic department is and trying to find, I mean, I hate to say it, a capitalistic means in which to continue pumping funds into something that is largely a, a dollar loss leader for a university, right? Mm -hmm. So why not, you know, again, have, you know, like somebody said that we can have the, uh, you know, University of Arizona Wildcats brought to you by Meineke, <laughs> you know, get get your muffler replaced and your brakes checked at Meineke stores all throughout 50 states. Right. Like yeah. it's it's bound to happen. We've already seen it with professional sports. Right. We're seeing ads on jerseys now. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised to see I'm not even kidding. Baseball go full 
kind of like European soccer with just having a big sponsor on the front or maybe in a much more pronounced place than just the shoulder uh, to go along with the city. Well, let you me know? ask you this then. What, and, and I don't, I'm asking, what does that then mean for the sport and for us as consumers of said sport? Well, honestly, I think this is just going to be a continuation for all our other sports anyway, right? Like, we don't have the form anymore. We have the Crypto.com Arena, right? We have the American Airlines Arena, um, SoFi, right? Um, we have corporate sponsors for everything, right? What is Little Caesars now? The official pizza of the NFL. <laughs> is it really? Yes. Yes, Papa no John's, way. Papa John's lost it. Wait, time uh, out, time out. Before you go on to say something profound, Little Caesars Pizza mm-hmm. Pizza mm-hmm. is now the official pizza of the NFL. The NFL has an official beer. UFC wants a Bud Light. You know, stalwart went with Modelo. They're back with Bud Light again, right? So this is something we've dealt with for a long time. Right. The days of us having stadiums named the Forum and Riverfront and Three Rivers done. Those are done. Okay, like they're not coming back. That will never happen again. Like the Browns went back to Cleveland Brown Stadium because their prior uh, corporate sponsor, First Energy, uh, was just caught up in a massive bribery scandal with the former speaker of the uh, General Assembly in Ohio. So Haslam did something pretty smart and was like, well, we're just going to take your name off the stadium. Uh, and, you know, they'll pro- I give it a year. I give it a year. After this season, they'll have another corporate sponsor back up there uh, because it's just another revenue stream for the team. And when you look at, right, when you look at shit like that, and yeah, Joey, you're absolutely right. It's tacky and it get the bar just gets lower and lower every season. Mm-hmm. I understand that, right? But that's the reality that we live in now. It is stupidly expensive to run an organization, uh, a sports a sports organization. It's horrible. Now, look at colleges, though. They have a department that oversees anywhere from like two to three dozen sports. Mm-hmm. That is not easy. And a lot of these schools are trying to run it on a shoestring budget because they need the money to go into facilities, uniforms, all that shit, right? And mm-hmm. that is not cheap. Mm-mm. So Travel. Oh, especially now with the coast to coast Atlantic Coast Conference, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like those numbers add up. And at a certain point, when is an athletic department going to be like, bro, like, I, we don't know where the money's coming from, especially when I guarantee you, remember, Jason, you, Arizona took a loan out mm-hmm. during the COVID year from the school. Like the athletic department took a $50 million loan out from the school just to, to balance the budget, right? I guarantee you they're not the only school that did that. Guarantee fucking to you they're not the only school that did that. You know, and the fact that they went public with it, I think, is is very telling, you know, because the move to the Big 12 was supposed to be this big influx of cash, you know. But $36 million a year, that's great from a TV deal if, like, you're – even if you're breaking even, mm-hmm. but you know, Arizona was running a $50 million deficit and did so for almost a decade. 
that's a lot of money to literally just set on fire, you know, <laughs> like, and so we can look at it two ways. We can, we can say, this is gross. This is tacky. This goes flies in the face of all the tradition of college football, right? Which I hate to tell you, the system's broken. And the fact that Baker is proposing something like this, I think is a way for him to try and fix it. So if we want to keep rolling the way we're rolling, we're going to lose. Like, well, we're just talking FBS here, right? You're going to have multiple schools make the decision Idaho made three years ago, and that's to drop back down to FCS, right? Because mm-hmm. teams or, you know, schools cannot afford to float dozens of teams and not have guaranteed revenue streams, you know, and that's a thing. Some of these bowls pay out $500,000, right, to, mm-hmm. to both teams. For Eastern Michigan, that might be great, you know, big chunk. For Jacksonville State, right, they just moved up to FBS. They got a bowl game as well. That'll be great. What does 500K do for UA right now? Not a Nothing. goddamn thing. Nothing. You know, when you're 50 mil in the hole, doesn't do anything. Maybe like, you recoup the cost of the flights. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe. You know, but when you get back to Arizona, you're probably still going to be on the hook for catering and shit. You know what I mean? Like all the mm-hmm. things that go, well, go along yeah. with it. Yeah. You know, so like we can do one of two things. We can bitch about this and, and poo-poo it or just lean into it because it's going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, is it gross? Absolutely. Does it completely demonstrate the excesses of a capitalist system? Absolutely. But that's where we're at right now. You know, and unless like, honestly, we already you guys already know where I stand. I think the athletic department should be separated from uh, the universities in general and they should be run like a minor league. You know, Um, you mean the main sports? Yeah. You know, Um, you know, football, basketball, maybe even baseball uh, and hockey in certain schools. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They should be separated and, and ran like a minor league. Uh, it would take a lot of the stress off the school. It would take a ton of the stress off the athletic department, you know, and we wouldn't have to worry about having, you know, the, you know, SEC Saturday game uh, here in Tuscaloosa at the University of Alabama brought to you by crypto.com for all your crypto needs at over crypto.com, <laughs> you know, like. But let me, just, let me ask you this. How do we then. Because I don't think it stops at sports. Well, I really if we're, don't. If we're, if we're uh, like thinking the same here, when we're talking about the actual academics of it, mm-hmm. we've already fumbled that. That's already been fumbled. Uh, we have so many for-profit universities, so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and which are the ones you see most? Southern New Hampshire University. That's for-profit, right? Mm-hmm. University of Phoenix was the biggest one. The biggest one. For-profit, right? Grand Canyon. Uh, I don't think it's Grand Canyon University. It was like Grand Canyon State College or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. For-profit, right? So we have all these for-profit schools already that are just liberty. Liberty. If you don't think that is a for-profit institution, I've got another thing coming to you, everybody. Like that thing generates money um and the fallwells love it you know they might may, they may not be the face of the school anymore because you know jerry jr likes to diddle his pool boy but <laughs> allegedly allegedly see who dodged a bullet there um <laughs> but 
you know, there's, they still started a school. They still, they still have it. Um, you know, like virtuoso, I'm with you. I would love to see promotion and relegation. I would love to see that. I, I think that's a perfect system. It really uh, gives you incentive to invest uh, in, in a sport. Um, like we should have that with, with the FBS right now, it should be busted into four chunks, you know, and, and, uh, that system instituted, but we won't see that because why, you know, honestly, why we don't have promotion and relegation here because we're American and that is a very un-American idea. Right. And on top of that, the sport that is most widely known for promotion and relegation in the United States doesn't have it because the very top of that pyramid refuses to institute it. But USL and the other soccer leagues at the various levels of US soccer have said, we are all for it. But MLS will never happen because what are they doing now? Bringing in billion dollar owners. Mm. So. Well, real quick before we, we go, I know it's late where you are in the, the great state of North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, great. it's a great state. <laughs> There's a, you know, all night cookout. You can three o'clock in the morning and get a cherry, strawberry, vanilla milkshake. Absolutely. Um, that you have to eat with a spoon. And then you get the most overcooked burgers. because I was about to say, yeah. oh, my God. I was totally about to say overcooked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Overcooked as hell. You get your smash burger that comes out looking like a fucking Frisbee made out of, you know, like rubber it's horrible for for people from the bay area it's the closest thing i can get to a quick ways there's a place in, <laughs> there was a place in the bay called quick ways and this was oh god i was a small kid and my mom worked at worked in oakland and we lived in richmond and she would bring back this greasy bag it was like a bag of grease yeah with a burger and fries in it and you can get a whole apple pie for like a couple bucks yep that was like legitimate. This place was called Quick Ways. And when I went to Cookout the first time, we played, um, what's the big city there? Charlotte. 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 Yeah, the first time we played Charlotte. Someone yeah. took us to Cookout. Charlotte. Very at home. Yeah, Charlotte is a weird spot. It's only gotten weirder um, because they had no, they didn't expect the second largest banking area of the country to like mm-hmm. blow up in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to actually meet someone from Charlotte now, Mm. Um, but it's grown out in such a way to where it's kind of like gobbled up all like the smaller towns around it. But like, this isn't a place that had like a smart, like grid plan for roads Mm -hmm. or anything. Right. So there's a million different highways. It's so easy. You get off, and the wrong is it you're fucked dude like you are just fucked <laughs> you're driving around that city a whole other time you know we, I, we played the uh, other places what's the what's the city that you live in Fayetteville I live in Fayetteville yeah we played Fayetteville a hell of a lot more than we played Charlotte oh yeah you probably played at the rock shop I don't remember we played at some gnarly little places there was mm-hmm. this woman that owned a cool little venue it got shut down by ASCAP um I won't get into that, but yeah, recently I was, you know, doing all these interviews um, for the book and, and uh, they were introducing me as a musician. And so my, nobody in the band is, is doing one guy from the band is actually on tour right now with, with another much larger band. And, um, but we still talk, right. And doing all this press, 
the band kind of blew up on Spotify. <laughs> I got this alert. It's like, oh, your listenership went up 22,000%. Yeah. <laughs> so I started having all these memories about, you know, the, the good old days of touring, uh, you know, as I have these pictures behind me. And I posted on the on the band page in the first time in a long time. And I just randomly asked, like, does anyone have any memories of this band? And I've been shocked to get these responses back from people going, I remember playing with you in Scotland. And yeah. I remember when you played at my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Um, oh, the, the rock, if you came down here, you probably played at Rock Shop, Drunk Horse Pub. Drunk Horse Pub. I yeah. know we played the Drunk Horse Pub because some – I swear was the only other black dude in the scene stole my show clothes. That sounds about right. And you probably probably played at Jester's. Uh, Jester's got Mm. shut down big time. Um, DHP, it got so bad. And I'm not even kidding you. Smile Empty Soul came to play DHP. Uh, The New Year's before like lockdowns hit, Mm -hmm. there were 32 people there. 32. I was one of them, <laughs> right? Um, COVID essentially crushed DHP, um, and Rock Shop was a huge blow to the local scene here because Shane kept that place open through just like grit, and it was a great place to play music. I bounced there my last year in the army, and then when I got out. And I'm not even kidding. Someone broke in, like rammed a car mm. through the side of the building and stole all the sound equipment. Jesus. So Shane tried to do like a little fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And or the goal was like 25 grand and we got like 18. And he's mm. just like, dude, I can't keep this shit. I can't keep it open without the equipment, man. So he had to shut it down. Um, but what's pretty rad is he owns the record store here in town. And it's fucking so awesome. Um and yeah, I, I sold out. I got a record player for my birthday. <laughs> and I've got four records right now. <laughs> Dude, I I've, there's, there's certain aspects of, of playing live, like having people respond in that post. And it was from a band before Bitter Lake, uh, the one I did with the longest with my ex. Most of the posters you see behind me here are Le Fin Absolute Du Monde. And, and Cindy and I went around the country and the world too many damn times to count. Like, I don't remember. And... uh to see people say, like, oh, dude, I remember you played here. And, oh, we played a show with you here. And we played hella shows with you in New Mexico. And I'm like, damn, I did do all this. <laughs> like, yeah. I, guess I am a musician. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the great thing. Like, you've, you know, you, you didn't, I mean, I wouldn't say you're not doing music. You're just focusing your energies into to TIR and everything. And I don't have to cry if nobody buys anything. Right? <laughs> if I don't sell any, like, oh, we got to sell some CDs tonight. And I, like, I will never forget. We, we, we were looking at the money we had and we we're like, we don't have enough to drive home. And we were in uh, uh, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh God. And I just remember we we're sitting in the van and then it just started snowing. And we we're like, <laughs> What are the odds that the show actually does well and we can make enough money to go home and then we'll just go home and get regular jobs and stop this stupid dream. And of course it didn't happen. We played the show. It went way well beyond anything we ever could have imagined. And instead of going home, we finished the tour and worked crap jobs. Yeah. I mean, I too went on tour, uh, you know, mostly of Afghanistan. Um, <laughs> 
in support of imperialism. Yeah, in support of imperialism. It was uh, that was actually the name of the band. In support <laughs> of imperialism. Of band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, laugh. Uh, dude, I know, but like, see, the thing is, if I don't laugh about it, it eats me up, man. Because like, you know, I've talked to you about it, but like, mm-hmm. I I served as long as I did because not through pa- you know for patriotism or anything. Like, I I felt I owed it to the kids you know, that we're joining to provide some sort of leadership and some sort of overhead cover because our commanders were just fucking idiots. Um, you know, but like, that's the only reason I stayed in. And then the longer I stayed in, the more jaded and like, really the more into my politics I got. Right. And so like, when I get out, like I start, you know, attending, like, I'm not lying with the DSA meetings and, you know, it was either very welcoming on one day and then the other day they're like, well, you were a tool of imperialism. Get the fuck out. You know, like, I'm just like, oh, OK. And you were yeah, like, I- all those January 6th guys know how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's just like, you know, I I have to laugh about it because then if I don't, it just becomes like kind of like a downer. And, uh, you know, after like a suicide attempt and everything and, and actually going to therapy and learning to deal with everything, you know, my therapist was like, dude, you have to laugh. If you don't, it's going to eat you up and you're going to try and shoot yourself again. I was like, huh? Well, that makes sense. You know, and Mac, so- look, Mac, first and foremost, and everybody watching the show, um, you can't do anything negative to yourself because I'm trying to take at least, at least a week off of the show. So I'm going to need you to fill in. <laughs> Okay. And I'm glad you're laughing because I, I get to ask you on air <laughs> if you can fill in for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I told you, it, like, I, my, my schedule, like, we'll, we'll talk about what you, what, you know, what day you need and whatever. But, but yeah, dude, like, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I am, like, the thing is, Marcus, man, he's like, Mac, you're like the token for TIR. And I'm like, I like it. I'm, I'm here for it, man. Everybody, I want to, let me say this. <laughs> I know this isn't a main show, but I've been getting a lot of these things like, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Everyone has real lives and they are do. I, I can't get into what everyone is doing. And Pascal is very ill and will not be coming back on the air for the foreseeable future. He's very, very ill. So please leave some positive thoughts for our brother Pascal but Gene Bajlan is taking on some um, amazing work that we would all be proud of if I could say out loud I just haven't talked to him about it what he's doing um, and in, in addition to his his full-time uh, teaching and, and fatherly duties and Cuba is out you know uh, sabotaging the world somewhere in Asia <laughs> not gonna get into exactly what Kuba's doing but he you know we've talked we're all probably going to be on air pascal's birthday is coming up and uh we're all probably going to be on air soon to to celebrate that uh in a couple weeks but uh so someone said friendship ended with Kuba. now mac is my wife (laughs) but but i i you know thank you so much for anyone listening you know um, is there anything we can send? Uh, at the moment, Steve, no, please do not. 
just say good vibes. Just good, good vibes, vibes right now, man. Vibes. That's all I can say right now. I can't. I, I I will not get into it, but just just uh please uh, keep them in your. If you're a religious person, you know Pascal is very. You guys are gonna make me cry. He's a very religious person, so if you have prayers, keep them in him. Um, if you have crystals, rub them. I don't know what it is. Burn the incense, whatever. Burn the incense, whatever it is. Just think yeah. uh, positive thoughts for the, for the brother. It's uh... anyway. Let's switch gears briefly. Yeah, let's watch a funny video because that guy. <laughs> oh, do you want to watch for some of the videos we got queued up for for tomorrow? Oh, dude, drop like let's watch two of them. Do you want to watch a video for the? Okay, who watching the show right now wants to watch some champagne room videos for tomorrow? <laughs> we we yeah we we have to have a palate cleanser because we did get heavy there. We had a really good sports discussion and you know we got a little heavy. We let's 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 have a let's have a cleanser. You know, like an aperitif, if you will. Um. Okay. Let me see what I can show you because there's a there's a big topic we're going to talk about. Um. We're going to talk about um, on the champagne room tomorrow. We're going to talk about uh, what's that? Megan the Stallion. Oh, and the way she's getting kind of drugged through the the internet mud. For what happened now? Well, I mean, you, you got to see it, dude. I I, I, I I can't play it. I got gotcha. you. But if you're around uh, tomorrow, I want the link to the show. Even if you want to like jump in, dude, I'd probably be down. I got to see what time I get off work tomorrow. Which I mean, we won't have that problem much longer because. I'll make this quick. A store in the adjoining town mm-hmm. uh, had to get sprayed for bugs, you know, natural thing at a place that makes food, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when they did that, like one of the walls kind of like fell, the drywall fell in, black mold everywhere. Oh. So they had to shut this fucker down, right? Oh. So now it doubled the size of our delivery area. But you know what else we had to take on? All the employees. So all the people at my store got their hours cut because, you know, they have to work too. And I understand that and I'm mm. here to support them. But when I say I need to do 30 hours a week at both jobs to like keep my lights on and pay my bills, that means I need 30 hours a week at both jobs and both jobs have cut me back to 20 a week. And it's just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So give you this. <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to do like a Cardi B and go shake my ass at a club for a little bit. You know? <laughs> Maybe you'll have to do this sport. Um, oh, we never man. talk about this. We talk about the slapping, which this I is, still think is the stupidest thing ever. Yes, I've I've seen one. This is where they just what they hold hands, right? They just hold. They're they're bound. They're bound together by their non-dominant hands. Oh, and they just tee off on each other. And they, they okay. Here you go. Here you go. Tell me why this is a thing. What is this? Of course it's Russian. <laughs> of fucking course. 
like, <laughs> like Vladimir was like, you know what? We're war effort going very bad. We need to distract the people. So you're going to tie hands together and they just punch each other right in the face. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get like, I get, <laughs> I, I get like the spectacle of actual combat sports, yes. right? Like I, I boxed. Yes. I love the sport. I love MMA. Yes. I mean, we even saw a really bad stoppage this week, Jason, um, where a dude was out and the ref didn't step in <clears> and the guy who was fighting him hit him just with like another four shots before he stepped in and everybody let that ref have it. And the ref was like, dude, I fucked up. Oh. I mean, I'm glad he admitted he fucked up, but that dude, holy is shit. Is okay? You know, that's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Steve said this is the C. The CT. I thought the slapping thing was like, come on, man. Do you just – again, back to the whole thing about the way we look at sports. I need the money shot. Even the way we listen to music, right? Uh, I was listening to – was Madonna's like – 40th or 35th anniversary or something for the justify my love truth or dare thing. oh yeah and i don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that video but i remember it was like mtv we can't play this video it's too sexy yeah and here we are with uh you know eating everybody's ass and you know <laughs> my cum is so infected with stds that it will turn yours green like these are the lyrics <laughs> in the song like we're taking all the, the there's there's nothing sexy about i gotta piss you want to eat my ass i'm gonna eat your ass but not yeah. piss. and i just had some messy nachos <laughs> it's like there's nothing you're just it's just like here's the act there's no sexiness to it it's just like you go up to a chick and you're like hey i just have to release <laughs> Dude, yeah i mean and that's the thing like i i went out like a couple weeks ago and I'm sitting at the sitting at the bar with my friends and there's this young dude and you can tell he's maybe 21 22 years old and he's a soldier he's already fucked up right <laughs> and everybody in chat knows like the brand new private to post any guys anybody that served mm -hmm. you know the brand new privates to post like they they're rocking the high and tight they're not pushing the regulations with sideburns right you know they have like their unit PT shirt on yeah. like they have jeans on but with like an army belt or it's a regular belt and they're wearing their boots right so this guy just walks in he's checking every one of those fucking blocks right and keep in mind I go to these dive bars where it's like been the same people for a decade <laughs> and he comes stumbling in and he's just like you know hey can I get a beer and Joss the bartender was like I need to see ID and he produces a driver's license that says he's like you know uh, he's of age mm -hmm. so joss gets him a bud light and he kind of turns you know I, like you see those I, I hate when dudes do this but like they turn around put their back to the bar and just kind of lean on it oh wow right Jeez. and he's doing that and we're all just kind of looking at him and there's some beautiful women that go there right mm -hmm. but keep in mind they're dating like sergeant majors um or like mcs you know like dudes and mcs right mm -hmm. So he went up to one. Um, I'm going to give her a, a pseudonym here. We'll call her Gracie. <laughs> and she was wearing like those yoga pants that have like essentially a thing that like makes the pants go up your ass crack. What is with the new yoga? What's with the new thongy yoga pants? 
I'm here for it, dude. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just like, what's yeah. what's the deal with Thong and Yonkerman? Yeah, right. So she's shooting pool. So she's you know bent over shooting oh, pool. And he, the whole oh, star dude, fruit. yeah. And keep in mind, she's she's what my daughter, who I told you were, you know, she's bisexual, mm-hmm. and she's she too uh, has a thing for Rhea Ripley, and mm-hmm. like that's her type. Right. And Gracie is kind of built like that. Right. So this guy walks up to her and is like, you know what I'd like to do to you right now? Oh, my God. He's like, I would rip a fart out of your asshole and hold it like a bong hit. Right. And she turns and goes, that's the best you got. (laughs) Right. And. You know. He was like, well, let me, he's like, I, you know, I can get, come up with something else. She's like, sweetheart, listen, one, you're not my type. There isn't an ounce of muscle on you. You're tall. You're lanky. She's like, I'd even gather that your penis is average to small, Oof. Um, Oof. you know, Oof. and she's like, but see my man who's sitting over there in the corner and her dude, he, we're not like friends, we're acquaintances, mm-hmm. but he's a generally just really quiet guy, mm-hmm. but he is just a massive walking ball of muscle and facial hair. <laughs> I don't like you. Well, he's six six though. He's like just Christ, right? And he's like, oh, like so that's your guy? And she's like, yeah, that's my guy, right? And he stands up. (laughs) I'm just like, oh fuck, man. And he walks up to him, and he's like, kid, I'm pretty sure my cock is bigger around than you are, right? This kid's just like, oh. He's like, I appreciate you acknowledging the fact that my old lady has a great ass. He's like, it is phenomenal. <laughs> right? And then, like, everybody around the pool table is like, well, yeah. <laughs> Golf clapped yeah. yeah, they're just like, you know. And so her, her boyfriend looks at him and is like, you're going to finish that beer, which is 350 And then you're going to go tip Joss, like, an extra 10 bucks. And then you're going to get the fuck out of here. Because if you don't, I'm going to wear you like a boot. Oof. Right? Oof. And, and this kid, like I said, he's already fucked up. And he's not processing everything, clearly. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so you would put your foot in my ass? <laughs> <laughs> right? And we're all just sitting there like this, Jason. Like, oh, <laughs> what? And I'm expecting you know, her band to explode. And I just see him like rip, get ripped in half, you know, <laughs> but like he starts laughing, right? He just starts laughing. And he's like, kid, you are the dumbest person I've encountered here in like a week. And that's saying something. And he, the kid goes, okay, so I'm going to pay three fifty for the beer and leave a $10 tip. And he's like, yeah. And then you have to go. And he's like, well, I have to wait on my Uber. And he's like, well, you can wait outside. Yeah, that's what outside's for. And he goes, but it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I cannot believe this interaction is happening like this, right? And so, like, he let the kids sit right by the door next to the bouncer. And he's like, hey, guys, my my Uber's here. I got to go. And we're all like, hey, man, peace. You know, (laughs) like, enjoy your evening wherever you're going. But I was just like what is it with these 
young guys, because this isn't the first time I've seen this, that just go up and say shit like that to women or dudes that they're interested in. I'm like, you know, I'm not what you would call like a, a smooth talking person, but I can carry on a conversation, right? Yeah. And maybe at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? I'd like for you to use my face like a bicycle seat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. We've established some a rapport. A connection, yeah. a rapport, yeah. right? He just walked up no. and was just like no. talking about asshole bong hits, man. And I'm like, <laughs> no. What? Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. That shouldn't be an opener. You know, that should not be an opener. Like, that's like when you've been with somebody a year and you just want to say something silly to them. Okay, sure. Right? But you've never met this person before and you immediately go to butt stuff. <laughs> you know, I just... That's brave, man. That That's a level of bravery that I am not capable of. I just don't you understand, know? like... uh who you thought that was going to work on like like what woman or what man ever has been like uh yeah i want to suck a fart out of your ass oh no shit i have a feeling he's used that on a younger woman and it worked gross how young like 12 i god i hope oh you know i just i'm more along the lines at this point in my life where like i would like to have a partner who doesn't want me around all the time, right? Maybe four days a week. And then we go off and, and do the things in our lives for the other three. And then occasionally we get together, we read our books together, we watch a movie, she smacks me around a bit, I enjoy myself, and then, you know, we go about our day. You know? It's just like... I never thought that I would witness shit like this in my life. And I was in the infantry for 16 fucking years. <laughs> I saw too much. I heard too much. You know, like I walk into the office at 4.30 with my tea and my first sergeant's already bitching about something. So I close my office door and I turn the light off and I put my headlamp on so I can actually do work without the first sergeant knowing I'm there. And then we have the morning meeting and then Joe starts showing up at 5.30, 6 o'clock, you know, before 6.30 formation. And I go down to the cage room and, you know, it's a, we'll say it's during the summer. We're already sweating our dicks off because it's 98 degrees with 140% humidity at 6 a.m. in North Carolina in June or July. And I'm just sitting there drinking some water polishing off my tea and I hear two soldiers like, yeah, man, dude, you know what we did this weekend? Eiffel towered a girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, you did what? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Sergeant Mac. Yeah, man. That's like when one dude hits it from the front. Yeah, one, I'm like, yeah, I get it. And then you lean together <laughs> yeah. with your hands. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Yes, Sean. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Sean, I was in the dues for 13 out of my 16 years. But I and I just like here's some other like dude got a blumpkin. Ew! What? Why? What? What? One? Why would you want a blowjob while you're taking a shit? Oh! And the guy goes, "Well, I'm knocking out two birds with one stone, being efficient." That's not efficient. That's gross. 
I was like, that's nasty, bro. I was like, what is wrong with you guys? They're like, what, you didn't get into like all kinds of shit when you were private? I'm like, I, I don't, I can tell you right now, I didn't Eiffel Tower anybody. I didn't get a Blumpkin, right? You're like, I, you're like, I didn't get all rapey in my time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sorry like, I didn't get all rapey in my time. I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of times where I was so drunk, I passed out during sex Oof. and had a woman pass out during sex as well. Oof. Uh, but trust me, you haven't had a bad blowjob until she's going down on you. And then you hear, <laughs> <laughs> my low self-esteem would kick in and I would just start crying. Bro, I was so, I was just like, oh, like man, man, is it because it's me? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the thing is, I'm at her place. I'm at her place. <laughs> and I just was like, I'm not going home. I'm going to go to sleep. And like, she had like the heat on up until like 85. So I'm like sweating profusely. And like, so I like kicked the comforter and I just like used the sheet. Oh my God. And I like when we woke up the next morning, I'm like, so was it that bad? You decided to fall asleep with my dick in your mouth. And she was like, I was just really tired. And it happens. And I was like, what are you, narcoleptic? <laughs> you your know, dick, like, I am. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> then, then you go hang out with her and her friends. She's talking about everybody. She blew wide awake. <laughs> I, gotta do, I had like eight tranquilizers, but I was still awake enough to fucking get under the balls. <laughs> and then it's you. And then it's you. And it's like sitting over here with my beer, like oh, oh just thinking about other shit. Like oh man, I gotta take out the trash tomorrow. <laughs> well, my feelings are hurt. I'm gonna go drink until I forget my name. <laughs> Goodbye. So to you know, so to change this the the subject before we can yes. totally banned. <laughs> I can't keep teetering <laughs> until you know it's like well we got to kick you all the way off. Um, so the, the director was down here and he was going to take the train back home. And I go, you know, let me just drive you back. Um, because your train leaves so late. I don't think we're going to make it across the border in time because you're leaving on Monday and it's really busy. He goes, okay, okay. So we're driving back. We have to leave early in the morning. And he goes, you know, I could just sleep in the car on the way back. I was like, perfect. I just happen to be really gassy. <laughs> <laughs> You had that Taco Bell, didn't no, you? No, we don't have it out here. It was just, I just made, I made something that was just, there was a little, maybe, it was very delicious. I'm blaming the garlic powder. Well, that, I'm not blaming not my 46 years of life. <laughs> Listen, my intestines haven't aged a day since I was 20, okay? <laughs> that's, that's what I tell myself, and that's what I try to tell that 28-year-old young man in the passenger seat next to me. But he dozes off. And I'm like, I can't hold this far, in. It's like a three-hour drive to Los Angeles. <laughs> and I think the kid is asleep, and I could just, I could just fart. And I, it was quiet. The fart itself didn't wake him up. It was the smell oh, because geez. he was asleep like this. You know how when cats be so tired, his ah, his mouth was open. Oh. He was asleep. Mac, he woke up. He went. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Dude, you almost killed him with a mouthful of fucking shit flakes, man. He started going, cock, cock, cock. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Because I tried to be <laughs> slick with the window, right? Trying to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sean Moon says, crack the damn window. Sean, I was trying to be slick with the window, but you know, I don't have a, one of them new cars. 
I got an old ass car, so when you open the window, it just you it ain't that old, but it's <laughs> that motherfucker's close. You be like, you ain't got Bluetooth. I'm like, man, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god. So so Mac, 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 Mac. I'm trying to be slick with the window. Man, that poor kid ate all that fart. He was like, he was like, <laughs> so, so, so why, why did he send me this video? He said you had me like this on the way home. part bro ducked like he was dodging bullets <laughs> you know what the sad thing is is we've all been the guy in the stall okay <laughs> yes yes you know what i mean like if you're at like a show or like at a game yeah and, and like it, it, dude it used to be because like i didn't really uh pace myself but like if i went to cleveland and went to muni lot like we start drinking at 9 a.m like sometimes a little earlier than that if we're like cooking something so like by kickoff at one dude you're already like half in the bag you haven't eaten enough <laughs> and like you're sitting there and you stand up and you just feel it and just like, <laughs> you know and i'm just like i was like oh my god <laughs> bro i'm talking I chugged the rest of my beard and just took off. I think my feet touched the ground like three times trying to get to the bathroom. And I was that poor soul. Just like, it was like Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. You know? Just like, <laughs> Dude, that poor kid, man. I'm sure he had to wash his clothes when he came home. <laughs> Listen, everybody. We've learned that when you march and protest and the cops fire tear gas at you when riding in the car with jason and he farts you will have to wash your clothes and if that's the case remember you wash them by itself and then you take a bleach cloth to wash the inside of the washer to make sure all those the leftover chemical is gone as well you know i still i do it would he sent that like that was the only thing he said <laughs> Not like, yeah, I hope you got home safe. He just goes, hey, this reminds me. I feel so bad. Matt, because I was trying to, be, you know how you try to act like you don't know? Must be outside. <laughs> Man, we're, we're driving past that paper plant uh, that's right here in Rosarito. Uh, I have Google, and there's nothing like that here. You shit in my mouth, okay? <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, so uh, when I get okay, down so there... Okay, so you feel better I, now. Yeah, so I'm going to bring some activated charcoal, just so we don't have <laughs> issues like that. <laughs> like, I, you know the sad part? As this is all happening, I was telling the kid, I was like, you know, you ever have gas so bad because the kid lives alone too? 
and you fart in your house. You're like, God, this is horrible. I'm so glad I live alone. <laughs> I was like, I'm having one of those episodes, and now you're here. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're really crimping my style right now. <laughs> so, yeah, now I got to prepare myself for date life again and just like, okay, I'm only going to eat air for the next week. <laughs> I should be good. So uh, um, we're going to go out to eat. There's this great air bar and gastro pub. <laughs> just, just enjoy your food. What do you mean I'm not eating? Oh, I ate a week ago. I'm fine. Just yeah. please. You know, please. Don't worry. If, if I nod off because of malnutrition and my body's just slowly breaking down my internal organs to keep it all functioning, just poke me with a stick. I will wake back up because it's going to hurt real fucking bad. Okay. Like, like I just want you to love me for me and then meet the real me, which is a gaseous nightmare. Yeah. You know, or what you can do, just grab a pack of smokes and be like, (laughs) I'm going to go out and smoke a cigarette. Never crack the fuckers open and just be like, (laughs) (laughs) just hope there's no outdoor seating, you know? Like you walk out, rip the ass, and like everybody just kind of turns and looks at you, and you can see her through the window seeing all this happening. And she's just like, ugh. Dude. Dude. <laughs> so I just have water and fruit. Like, I'm so terrified. Like, you ever been one of those people that you'd always fart and just blame something you eat? People are like, man, all you had was water and fruit. You're like, I don't know. Is this water? Something wrong with the water fruit? Yeah, and, and the, that avocado. Avocado's <laughs> right? yeah, just... a motherfucker out here, man. It's Mexico. Mexicados. It's... That's right. Aguajetes is a motherfucker, man. <laughs> you know, the, the sad thing is, is I feel for that kid because when we would do mounted patrols, you have a guy in the turret just standing there. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the front seats, his ass is right there. Oof. Right? And the turret rotates. So, like, if he's not the front of the, the front vehicle in the convoy where the weapon is pointed straight out, like, you're pointed off to the sides. So, like, you just prayed that you were situated where the gun truck in front of you would have their gunner to the left. That mm-hmm. way, my gunner could be to the right and his asshole's not directly pointed <laughs> at me. And I had this kid uh, named Mac, uh, Drew Mac. He was like 6'4", uh, just jacked, and he, he protein shakes was his thing. Like, he always Girls. had a protein shake. And this dude, we actually got we got real food finally for the first time in like five months. So we had like chicken, and we had like some veggies and shit. Mm-hmm. And, dude, we were all kind of hurting because by this point, we had been eating MREs and maybe like some jerky because that's all we could, had access to. And, dude, we're, like, five minutes into this trip. It's, like, a fucking three-hour drive around all these, like, switchbacks going up a mountain in Afghanistan. So, like, you can't – like, our tires are hanging off the side of the road. Like, Jesus. these things are so thin. And you just hear, like, five minutes into it, you know, I'm, I'm talking to everybody. And you just hear <laughs> – <laughs> And I'm like, Mac, you did not. He's like, yeah, man. Good <laughs> And the driver, Kyle, he's just like, oh, oh. I'm like, KJ, keep your fucking eyes on the road. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like trying to blink back tears, okay? Like, and 
<laughs> the guys in the back don't hear it because like it's so fucking loud like you're really focused and you just hear uh i can't remember it might have been drew anyway like one of the guys in the back is just like oh my god like that smells awful and matt goes you're welcome dude it's, <laughs> he's like you can't hold greatness like it like that in <laughs> and i'm just i was like mac i i'm very upset with you and he's like, just wait. And I hear the turret rotate. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> fucking farting in my face for the next three hours. Oof. Right? <laughs> we like set up a con, like a, the, we kind of circle the wagons. Like we start a rest plan. Cause like our mission's not kicking off till the next day. And I'm like, Mac, I see digging in his assault pack to pull out like another protein shake. And I took it and I like threw it off the ridge. I was just like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, never again. I was like, that was fucking foul, dude. And he's like, I, he's like, you think this body doesn't produce waste, bro? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Mac, I have never hated anybody as much as I hate you right now. Oh, dude. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish I had that level of like confidence that it was just a shame on my end. Dude, see that? Dude, that's how I am, man. Like, if because like, I am taking protein. I know my farts smell like warmed over death. Yeah. So like, even when I'm in my room, if I have to fart, I turn my fan on. But you know what I mean? Like when you know <laughs> when you live alone. Like I live alone in this place. It's not the biggest apartment, but it's it's a decent size to live alone. And uh, I leave windows open and shit. And um. Uh, the door to my terrace is this big sliding glass door. And because we have cranky houses, you get a lot of mildew. Yeah. So I leave it open. And the kid's like, oh, it's kind of chilly. I'm like, don't close that. <laughs> like, that is, that is that's it. the thing telling me that I'm not a horrible man. It's your for your safety. <laughs> yeah. All right. See, I you know, put, like, warnings up like an airplane. I don't feel bad for him now because like you try to warn him. I tell you, don't oh, dude, I had no that car with the. There was a couple in the car that were pretty bad. Finally, the poor kid went to sleep. Look, we have to go. You've been you've been nice enough to be on air for almost two and a half hours talking about farts. <laughs> Everybody, this used to be this is revolution. Now this is a nine year old's podcast. I made Legos and farted loud. <laughs> This is one of those days when I wish like MT was here. Oh my gosh! To like a yell at us about this conversation and oh, then shit. and then give her two cents on. Oh dude, well. I wish I wish she was too because we could have like talked like MT. How do you feel? How would you feel if like you were? <laughs> yeah, how would you feel? <laughs> and Jason just like <sighs> drops a fucking a bomb of a fart. <laughs> She's already seen me do so many ridiculous things in real life. <laughs> she saw me run from rats for like two hours in New York. Well, in New York, that makes sense. It's the size of horses. Oh my god, those rats had saddles. Yeah, dude. so big. I I like I I just can't imagine what like the uh, like sanitation workers, like the ones that are tasked with like tracking and trapping and fucking getting those things. Dude. No, 
Dude, Those rats know. were all Italian with bad attitudes. Yeah, dude, they they wear wife beaters and they have gold chains. I'm like, oh. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> Paisan, I'm trying to eat your crumbs over here. What are you? Hey, you're taking my trash, huh? <laughs> my trash? We didn't. We mean no offense to any Italian Americans out there where that description maybe hit a little close. <laughs> and if it did, new wardrobe, man. It's okay. It's okay. Can you imagine if like a bunch of Italians just started sending hate mail in? Oh yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I do. I Pascal hears the Italian voice and he gets like PTSD from growing <laughs> up. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's it's funny. Like you know, my family's Irish and. People think, well, you know, they were part of the great Irish and Catholic diaspora, and they got got along well. I'm like, no, dude. Obviously, you didn't know shit about what these two cultures think about each other. (laughs) Like, my grandmother swore up and down if I married an Italian woman, she would disown me. Jesus. Yes. Just have this unending hatred towards Italians. God damn. What was great is my fucking cousin ended up marrying a woman from Italy. Like, he went to... (laughs) He went and got one from the source. Bro, he went to school in Venice. Like, he he got to go to college there, right? Mm-hmm. So he meets an Italian girl. He spends, like, another two years over there, like, I think finished up the master's program, and came back over, booed up with an Italian girl. My grandmother was like, looks at her, you know, my aunt, mm-hmm. and is like, you're going to let this happen? <laughs> you know, like. It's worse than guess who's coming to dinner. Yeah, and my aunt's just like, well, yeah, that's – I've known about her for a few years now. I don't see the big deal. And she's like, you don't? <laughs> and then she looks at this poor girl who, like, speaks English, but, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's accented. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so uh, what's your last name? DeMarco? Spaghetti? Ravioli? <laughs> like, just gets fucking horrible. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like – please say something like, like fire back. And then she's just like, so is everybody here drunk? Or you guys been to AA meetings now? And my grandmother was just like, and the rest of us just start dying laughing. And then my, like my one great uncle, who's actually like a recovering alcoholic was like, that's not funny. And like, we were just like, dude, you've had, you've got like your 40 year chip. Okay. Just sit over there and shut the fuck up. Let this poor girl, like, just leave her alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but yeah, like it's just people don't realize there's a reason when like they came over, mm-hmm. they had their own sections of town and they wanted it that way. They didn't want yeah. they didn't want to be pals, you know? Like <laughs> it's it's a real thing. Someone asked, how does Pascal feel about velour tracksuits? It depends who's wearing them. It depends yeah. who's wearing them. If two white guys are wearing them and they have their sleeves a little rolled up, oh. gold chains, he's probably gonna the PTSD is gonna kick in. Yeah, and then these days they're probably Russian or Eastern European, so I'd say that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Cuba, you know, Cuba, Cuba does that for the live shows. He's got an all red Adidas tracksuit, but he wears it with his shirt. Oh man, you know what? I might have to get a green one. Just <laughs> have it unzipped all the way down to here, you know, dude, dude. He, he's ridiculous. Like he is ridiculous. You gotta be, man. Like, he's, yes. 
Yes. You know, like it's okay to have fun, everybody. It's it's okay that we do this, you know, every few Wednesdays. We laugh, we have fun, and then we go to sleep. And then when we wake up in the morning, that's when we can deal with our existential dread. It's okay to do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to when I'm done with this show, I have to kind of finish the notes for tomorrow, which is a show I'm looking forward to doing, but not looking forward to doing. One of those things. Yeah. I fucked around. I was on Majority Report recently, and I fucked around and read the comments. Oof. Oh, man, dude. If I ever found myself on there, that's the one place I'd avoid was the comments. Mac, that that episode had like 450 comments. Jesus Christ, Jason. (laughs) I told him a victim. I don't give a shit what white people think in their hearts. Boy, I didn't know that was gonna set off so many people. <laughs> oh man, dude, that's the thing. If you say some shit like "I don't give a shit," what all you like cracker ass white folks think in your heart? You know what they're gonna do next? Oh, I'm gonna say it out loud now. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> they, dude, they, dude, they, they, dude, they rolled up to the keyboard, and did one of these, and just, dude, it's been, I did, I made the mistake, and. I made the mistake, and then all I heard was Tucson in my ear. When you respond back, you give the comment validity. <laughs> Sean Moon, kind of. I won't say it out loud, but yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty intense. I didn't think they were gonna cut a clip of it. Oh, dude, you should have known. Like viral. Yeah. Mac. Hey, what you guys got to look forward to? He's going to be on the Young Turks uh, next week. So wait for that. Oh, clip to pop did up. I ever read you the comments from when I was on the Young Turks? No. Those were the greatest comments I've ever read in my life. How unhinged were they? On a scale. I don't let's understand. Do, let's do a fart scale. <laughs> One we pull it up. One we being, pull it up and read them? one being like, oh, I farted. It doesn't smell that bad. And ten okay. being what you did to that poor kid. <laughs> they, were, they were, they were, they were putting doo doo chips in that kid's. <laughs> it was like sprinkling, you know, salt bay. Like, <laughs> but with doo doo, that's doo doo, baby. Mmm, <laughs> little fart flake. Mac, Mac, mm. one person said, one person said, one person What I love is in comments when people make up who you are. Oh, that's always my favorite. Um, and one guy in the in the in the majority report comment, one guy said that I'm not a real, I'm not a real punk rocker. And I've never lived the life. And I don't know what that means. And then they said that he's got Rico cases. And I was like, well, that just means you're a criminal of some kind. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're a punk rocker. Like, you can make meth in your bathtub and get some Rico charges. No shit. Like, I yeah. That means. I think people forget what punk really was. I, <laughs> look, I don't know. And then he said that that um, that I that I paint my fingernails. And and I I have I've never done it. Not that I have anything against it. It's just not my thing. Just don't do it. It's not my aesthetic. 
I was like, I was on the show with like a Broncos jacket and a hat. Like, what about that made you think? So I, I thought that was funny. And then on the on the Young Turks, me and Burt Cooper were in a Denny's in L.A. I'll never forget that. Reading the comments, tears rolling down our face. One guy said, this is the world that Anna Kasparian wants of sexless government. What was it? Sucking off the government, sexual automatons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> being... Being force-fed hormones to spit out babies for all. it was like the most unhinged. I was like, I, she brought me on to talk about working in a homeless shelter. <laughs> what in the actual fuck, dude? And I and so when I was on Majority Report, the clip that is the popular one is. Are these people kneecapping the left? Because I wrote this article in Damage Magazine. Yeah. With Ta-Nehisi Coates and 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 Ibrahim Xkindi. And, you know, I I really again I don't know the audience that well. And people were so mad that I was like, nah, don't really like Kindi and Coates. I don't really think their project is one. There's a reason why corporations love this shit because you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's what always kills me with like a lot of these. And I call them faux leftists uh, mm-hmm. because they it's like they picked up the manifesto. Maybe they read the conquest of bread once. Maybe. And now they're experts who like don't have any hand in like actually oh. improving their community. What they are very active on is, um, you know, social media. Oh, you know, brother, brother. Brother, you have no idea what mother. Somebody sent me something on Twitter. He's like, well, Abraham X. Kendi sounds like Bernie Sanders. He really is an anti-capitalist. I don't think that's corporate friendly. I was like, why do the why do? And he was quoting Robin DiAngelo and Abraham Kendi. Like, no, they're anti-capitalist. I was like, I don't know what that means. I literally said on the show, the best capitalism is anti-capitalism. There's a reason why corporations pay these people hundreds of thousands of dollars. To speak because it's a multi-level, multi-level marketing thing for corporations to not really deal with attacking capital. Yeah. And I and I said to the person, I was like, well, get rid of all the racism in the world or in America tomorrow. Get rid of it all. What is that going to do economically for for 40 million black people in America? Like, really? Oh, let's face it. If we hit the if we hit the eliminate racism button, which I'm sure is somewhere in Washington, they just lost <laughs> it. Okay, like they misplaced it. They probably gave it to the Pentagon to hold on to, and we all know they don't know what the fuck's going on. So they're um, juggling it like a guy with a hundred pizzas. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> like slid under a desk that's been there for fucking sixty years. They just lost track of it. You know, you do that like what? Nothing fundamentally changes, and this is that's this is the sad part, right? We we have the the white powerful folks, right, that need the isms, whether it be racism, uh, uh, being a homophobe, you know, homophobic things like that. Because say we hit all those buttons and we eliminate all that stuff, it still leaves one very 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 important thing, and it's the working class who are still being 
horribly exploited, still as a second class to these fucking, you know, uh, uh, corporate types. And it's just it's like what Musk said at the at the same speech where he told Bob Iger to go fuck himself. He says, well, I don't like unions because yeah. it sets up a master and servant uh, relationship. I'm like, yeah. dude, you are the richest man in the world on paper. You are the master. What are you fucking missing here, you idiot? You know, like you are fucking mo- like I I just I am dumbfounded, and I don't mean to go on this this mini screed this late. I am dumbfounded how people can sit here and talk about his genius when he's literally failed upwards his entire fucking life. Mm-hmm. The only the only time he's ever fell down was when that kid in South Africa kicked him down the stairs, and I wish he would have done it a few more fucking times. And is it better if a black person does it instead? I would ask that question. And and look, racism is something I have literally experienced in my life, like on a level I don't even want to get into on the show. And I've talked about it in the champagne room several times, I've talked about it in the main show several times. All of us on the show have experienced it at one point or another. You should Gene Bajlan has some horrible stories about it growing up where he lived in, in Hull. Um that being said, all of us understand that, you know, while, of course, we would like the, the isms to stop, right? If you let every trans person use whatever bathroom they wanted to use tomorrow, is that going to stop the fact that so many of them are kind of forced into sex work? Does that present all of a sudden equal opportunities? Like, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, Again, I come from a city that is pretty even across the board racially. And I said this on the show and no one cared. Pretty even across the board racially. That doesn't mean the wealth is distributed evenly. Yeah. I mean, dude, let's let's face it. We no matter how we you know, we were seeing movements pop up like I love the, the union movement and especially with Sean Fain talking about the evils of capital. Yeah, right. I think that's great. But. With him winning that deal, all right, with the Legacy 3, you know, and him saying, I'm coming after Toyota and Honda and Tesla. Mm -hmm. All that's going to do is kind of galvanize those companies and and especially the personalities behind them, like the the, the people who hold the big stock options and shit like that. It's going to galvanize them to actively work against not just the UAW, but every fucking union out there, you know. And we're starting, you know, we were starting to see it with, um, you know, fucking Peter Thiel was running around with Zaslav, you know, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery during the SAG-AFTRA and the WGA strike. Why is Peter Thiel there? Mm-hmm. He's been a producer on what, like two movies? You know, he's there because he has investments in everything. He owns stock and all this shit. And he doesn't want to unionize workforce. I mean, the guy actively came out and says there needs to be an upper class and America should be a monarchy. You know? <laughs> Like, what the fuck, you know? So, like, we have to I, – I think we need to be more cognizant of the Sean Fains and some of those I – mean, even uh, Chris Smalls, especially with Amazon. I think the steam kind of has been released from his movement because he kind of took it on the chin in that other uh, warehouse in New York State that he was trying to unionize. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you know, we, we need – 
you know, maybe it's it's kind of cheesy, but you know, I, I think if we're gonna actively try and push things left, it has to come through a very organized uh, movement. And honestly, the only organized movements we have at this point are fucking are the unions, and they may still only make up fifteen percent of the the workforce. I mean, I think a lot of the people that are pontificating about what is revolution and who's a revolutionary subject have the, this idea that the vanguard of the revolution is no longer even from the 60s when they thought it was going to be out of the academy because the working class was too reactionary i think that thought is still in a lot of people it's like oh the vanguard of the revolution is going to be podcasters <laughs> it's retarded yeah, right. some of us can't even have a good production schedule. You know? <laughs> it's just, and 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 when you see the Chris Smalls of the world and the Sean Fains of the world, these guys that are organizing in spaces where you are going to be with people that you don't align with politically, there's plenty yeah. of people that have some some racist leanings. And we know we got Griscom coming on to talk about the Tenant Farmers Union um, in the Jim Crow South, that is a cross racial alliance. Like these things have happened. And this person was like, well, if you ended racism tomorrow, then, you know, you could have these alliances because the only reason why we can't have them now is because of racism. And they talked about, like, municipal spending. And I was like, you think there's no cities where black people run them? You've been to New York, L.A., San Francisco, Detroit, Detroit. Uh, (laughs) Cleveland. It was like, what? You're just living in a make-believe world. But um, that's... <clears throat> Look, I don't want to get into it too much because we have to stop having bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is it's absolutely nuts, you know. Um, and and the what's, what I really bothers me, kind of tying it back to the whole point of the show today, was like we are seeing huge amounts of capital being used to further a divide between the haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. We really are. And it, it's it's not going to stop as long as, you know, the I guess the have nots don't have an ability to claw something back. And in college sports, especially football and basketball, like hate to tell you guys, it's every bit as bad in basketball as well. It's Oof. a little more egalitarian in college basketball because you don't need to recruit 100 players. Right. You yeah. only need 15. So you. you you can hit on it. Wichita State's done a good job of it. Like, they're a relevant program. But Gonzaga, who saw that fucking happening? Tiny Catholic school in the Northwest. But, goes out and recruits everywhere. <clears throat> Where you, you were on the show when I brought Coach Will on. Yeah. He was telling some of the horror stories of basketball recruiting. I don't remember how long ago that was. We've been doing the show for about a year or two years. A year? Uh, Probably a year and a half. Okay. It was an early episode, and I remember Will. I remember it had, no, it's got to be two years because I was living in Oakland. Yeah, I was living okay. in Oakland. Um, and he was telling me about a dude because anyone that wants to get recruited out of Oakland, they have to contact Oakland High's coaches, and Will is one of the Oakland High's coaches, right? Yeah, Dame Lillard. That's Will. And um, this dude was like, "Yeah, you're the guy to talk to. Do you have any players that have some eligibility left? I they got a program out of this one small college. Like you were talking about these colleges that pop up out of nowhere, and a bunch of kids had like a few years of eligibility left because they did like some JUCO stuff or they did some Division three stuff out of state. And this dude 
was like burning people's eligibility because the program wasn't in a division yet and there's like rules to that yeah you can't just jump in a division because you want to jump in a division you have to play so many games against lower divisions until you're like chosen and there was a lot of lying about who the head coach was going to be he was lying and saying brian shaw was going to be the head coach of the schools like some school in oakland um that was a school for just something and then he promised the kids that going to the school would they would be able to graduate because these kids all they were Will's kids, so they all wanted to graduate <laughs> college, right? Yeah. Um, and they were ended up like just burning time at this place because they, they, their credits weren't transferable, and this then, school, then, this then this Will school probably about, didn't even have enough classes for them to finish yeah, a degree. It didn't. It yeah. didn't. And then Will was telling me the horror stories of the kids that went to go play for Lavar Ball. Oh yeah, in his yeah. little academy or whatever that he set up. Well, his league. Remember yeah, he had a league, league yeah. ballers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those kids lost all their amateur eligibility, mm-hmm. and made and some of them made like maybe a couple hundred bucks. Oh, if that. I mean, the dude ended up. I think he settled a class action suit about that league, um, with players and as, as well as advertisers, because he promised a big thing for advertisers, and you know. You get companies that don't get a, a good return, they're going to come after you to get their money. Um, you know, like I, I never do. I, I feel horrible for his kids. Like, and I hate saying that about anybody that has children, but he was an overbearing cockbag who really used his kids as a vehicle for him to gain more notor- notoriety. Mm. Right. And, you know, the middle kid, you know, uh, Leangelo, he never struck me as a as a dude who was going to make it in the league. I love the youngest one. I get to watch him all the time because he plays down yeah. in Charlotte. He's amazing when he can stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the 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 kid up in Chicago. I just feel bad that his career has devolved because of injuries, and I don't think he's ever going to be the player that anybody imagined because he's had two like horribly like it. it he's got an art like two knee injuries that are leading into arthritis, and at his Jeez. age. Jesus, he's not even 30. Yeah, uh, but that's what happens when you have continual like stress injuries on on ligaments and, and cartilage, you know, in your joints, you know. Um, but, you know, it's just like that that dude uh, set his kids up for failure, uh, one, by teaching them that janky-ass shot that they brought to the league that uh, the youngest one immediately when he got drafted started working with Charlotte's coaches to get the hitch out of his giddy-up, you know. Um but you know, parents like that are fucking awful. He he was not a good dude. You know, he's just not a good dude. Um, and it's just his kids. They see, they, you know, they're not in trouble. No, you know, the, the kid, in, every the kid, uh, the youngest one down in Charlotte, like he loves it down there. Um, they just locked him into Lamelo. Thank you, Claw. I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, he he is very well liked. He's he's very active in the community, and I hope the new owner of the Hornets like actually build a team around this kid because he is something else to watch. I went down there with my brother who lives just South of the state line in South Carolina. We went to a game when they played the Cavs, Cavs pulled it out. But, um, you know, it's just watching him hit the way he sees the the court. Like he's something else. I mean, he's a, he's a outstanding ball player. I just hope he can stay healthy. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to hear to hear Will talk about this because he's he's been in Oakland for I think 20 years now. They just won state this past year, uh, 2023. 
And someone on the chat mentioned it that, you know, do it like the British leagues. There's like two main leagues or whatever. And Will was saying that a few years ago. He goes, it feels like, especially with, with basketball, that you're getting a kind of a class of athlete because so many of these kids, their fathers played, their mothers were athletic as well. Yeah. Maybe not even in the NBA, but they played at a high level. I mean, the Warriors at one point in time, I think their starting five a few years ago was all ex-players kids. Yeah, they were legacy players. You so, know. you know, it's it's kind of what we're going to see. And this, um, the hood stories, you know, the, the hoop dreams are kind of a thing of the past. I mean, it, we talked about on an episode with Coach Will how specialized yeah. everything is. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, that goes into the capitalization that you were referring to before. Um, look at IMG. Uh, start out as a tennis academy, right? For tennis players, for young tennis players. Um, and eventually got bought out by a, you know, a sports agency that was like, we, we can make millions off of high school kids, giving them an education and allowing them to just pursue the sport that they've shown. Uh, you know, a predilection for, a talent for, you know? So like we're starting to see more and more of these pop up as these conservative state legislatures loosen up the the credentialing rules for schools. That's how you Bishop were able to Sycamore. see, that's how you're able to see Bishop Sycamore. Um, there's three other schools like that in Ohio. And the guy who started Bishop Sycamore is yeah. actually starting another. Yep. Guess who's back? Hold up. Yep. <laughs> you know, but um, Virtuoso asked if Conor McGregor was really running for president of Ireland. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Conor McGregor is on the same ideological path as Elon Musk. I don't see him. You have to understand you have the TASIC, which is the prime minister who's head of government, and the president is just head of state. So it's more ceremonial. I can see Irish people being like, yeah, he can be president because he can't do any damage there. Like, government wise but i i don't think he will ever be tacit i don't think he would ever or uh, t-shock excuse me uh t-shock which is the prime minister um but god can you imagine him in charge of any government jason i don't want to see him in charge of a nightclub i don't want to see him in charge of a 7-eleven i don't want to see him in charge of a denny's <laughs> i don't want to see him in charge of a cookout <laughs> I don't want to see him in charge of the Waffle House on the bad side of town. I don't want to see him in charge of the White Castle on the bad <laughs> side of town. <laughs> I don't want to see Conor McGregor do anything. I don't want to see Conor McGregor work at a hot dog cart. No, I don't want to see him handing me $5 pretzels in New York City. Okay, I don't want to see... <laughs> I don't want to see Conor McGregor wearing a sandwich sign <laughs> handing out leaflets for Meineke's $49.95 muffler inspection. And if you bring out that flyer, it's a 10% discount brought to you by University of Arizona Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to see him do that. Yeah. I don't think the University of Arizona wants to be connected with them either. So, can you imagine if Conor McGregor was selling beer at a stadium? God. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to buy a beer. <laughs> you trying to test me? 
You want to fight about it? <laughs> Someone's asking if you have your YouTube channel, Mac. I do not yet, uh, but because I work two shit jobs, I don't like have a lot of time. But I had a great little history podcast where I interviewed like subject matter experts, you know, professors or actual historians about certain things. So if you want to listen to the 20 or so episodes I had of You Don't Know History, like I had some great episodes, one with you guys know Joe Kasabian. Uh, mm -hmm. He runs the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. We talked about uh, the uh, invasion of Armenia. He's Armenian, not obviously with a last name like Kasabian, um, but he lives there now, like he moved to Armenia. Um, so he talked about that invasion in 2019. Um, and then I interviewed Dr. David Walton, who was one of my professors at UNC Pembroke, who's now at Western Carolina in charge of the African-American studies program. And we talked about the Black Panthers um, and all their good and bad. Trust me, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Walton uh, grew up, you know, with his parents actively involved in the Panthers. And as they were dying out, he was kind of coming of age. Um, but he's he's a very great font of knowledge about the Panthers. And it was amazing because he and I, he he got a little high and I got a little drunk because we went on for like three hours talking about it because he wanted to really get into it. Um, <laughs> you know, and I talked with uh, Dr. Bradley Somers about the Rust Belt and, and the effect of deindustrialization on, you know, in the Midwest. So like there was a lot of things I wanted to keep it going. But like I got to the point where I had just graduated college and I had to work. And I expected fully to have a real job by now, um, but uh, that did not happen. Um, and yeah, Joe, you can find it on on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. Um, I, I made sure I got it out far and wide. Um, but yeah, I have that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at maybe doing like 15 to 20 minute like little history segments uh, about all kinds of history. Um, you know, a lot of labor history, of course. But you know, talking about the World League of American Football uh the the actual world football league that lasted a season and a half in the 70s yeah um you know so like it's it's uh i i want to do a lot of things i have probably about four dozen scripts i had written up uh for you don't know history i just couldn't it became uh, an issue with COVID hitting and then lifting and then having being able to have the interview set up because professors were just run through like raked over the coals when COVID hit um and then they started yeah that's me you don't know history of michael mcginnis that's me um but yeah you know so like it's it's pretty i, I really enjoyed it well, i'd love to get something up and running again you're not, like that you're not but, talking about your current podcast that's in uh, uh, heart radio that's right that's right the war within the robert bales story if you want to hear about the notorious war criminal robert bales um we did a 12-parter uh that was on iHeartRadio that was released this summer going into september um that actually did pretty well not enough for iheart to call us back for another one so <laughs> but mac's gonna be look mac when he can is going to be posting when i can't so that's right you know and he and the new rule for guest hosts is it's your show for the night well i mean then we're gonna talk about farts <laughs> <laughs> and rhea ripley and her effect in dismantling capitalism. Okay, so like we're just we're just gonna cover all the bases. And Mac's been on the main show before, so please check out. Uh, I think Pascal was on an episode. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty rad because I've I've read a lot of what Pascal's put out in the world. Yeah. 
and uh, I geeked out for like the first 10 minutes. It was just like, you know, but, uh, you know, it was it was a great I, I, I love the show. I love the community. It, it's fucking rad that I get to be a part of it, even if we're talking about farts and re Ripley and sports and whatever else we talk about, you know, but I mean, it's it's great being a part of this because like it's funny, you know, I work with a lot of younger kids uh, and like two of them listen to This is Revolution which I loved. Um, and Tiana, she straight up said she just needed a voice. She needed to learn her voice from black people. And I was like, well, that's good. You're, you're in the right spot. I was like, but if you, uh, like, if you have questions on some of the things they talk about, as far as like the, the actual readings and stuff, maybe like some questions about mm -hmm. like, what, what is leftism? I was mm -hmm. like, I'm more willing to happy, you know, to help you out. And she's like, you're a leftist. And I picked up my water bottle and it said communism is kind of rad isn't it like, you know? <laughs> and she was just like oh oh yeah mm -hmm. okay that makes sense you know so like it's it's i like that you're you're pulling in younger people because i think this is where we have to like really make the effort so that they're spun up in the right ways and not just kind of like that outrage leftism that we have so much of right now it's it, it's not that it's angry liberals with a new fashion identity. Yeah, that's a lot of the language change. You know, we'll have this off air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you guys enjoy Mac, look for him. Hopefully in a few weeks hosting the show. There's some guest hosts coming up soon as Toussaint is very, very serious about being off us main people being off the air. And bringing in some some guest hosts, so I I love the guest host thing. It makes me super stoked when people are like, "Dude, I'd be honored." I'm like, "What?" So, well, dude, it's it's good it's good to also get you a break, you know, so you can just like take ten minutes to like I don't know have a decent shit before you drive your producer. Because <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, if you pull that shit with him again, Jason, he's just gonna be like, you know what, I quit. I don't want to do yeah, this. Like, we're just too close. We're too like you don't understand. Dude. We were we, I, again. It wasn't a. I, how do you how do you describe it when you're not fighting with someone, but it's you're just not agreeing. But it's not. It wasn't. If there was no animosity at all. Like if we were well, recording that, how, for a show. That's how creative stuff goes, though, right? Like you're always there should be some kind of like push and pull, because if you just all go in on the same thing, and kind of just like ride it out, you're not gonna you're going to miss things that you probably should have picked up one and two. And you're probably not going to get a good product. And you know what? Everyone on this show has no problem telling me to, to fuck myself. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all still waiting for the only fans link. So. <laughs> and he was like, I, this is, I understand what you're trying to do. And I don't think it's going to work where you want it to work. And let's move it to this way. We're going to do this. We're going to do this way. And, and that, and in the end, it's a little more work, but I think I believe he's right. I just there was just something I wanted to say. I was like, I think this needs to be said in the beginning. I think it makes some more sense in the beginning. And he was like, mm, I see what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the head tilt that gets you. Mm, and you're just like, oh, you. I mean, this went on to like you know early in the morning, and it it wasn't even like a fight. Because I was like, you, you got to watch this thing. What? And we watched the thing. And he was like, 
yeah, man, I, I'm not disagreeing, but I don't think it's going to work there. Yeah, it's just that it's a it's like a it's an idea joust. That's all it is, right? Like that's Oh man. That is not how either one of us thought this was gonna be. And it ended up, but it ended up being fruitful, right? You, these these things are supposed to be fruitful when you have these yeah. idea jousts. So like we have to we have to coin that term. We have to copyright idea that joust. I like and idea I jousts. When yeah. Ben Burgess lived two house two units down, we had these kind of discussions all the time. All the time. Having an idea joust is a good thing. It kind of changes up the way you look yeah. at things, you know. And especially as you get older, you have to start looking at things differently. Otherwise, you're going to end up like your boomer fucking parents and grandparents. Oh, dude. Pascal, for the first, like, three years, it was idea joust every day. And then by the time we got everybody on the show, when it was, like, Varn. I mean, we still have a group called Not As Much. Varn, Kuba, me, Pascal, Toussaint. Bajlan. Oh yeah, it's just a massive idea, Joe. Yeah. All the time. So I'm uh someone says who you got in the bullpen. I'm not saying just yet. We're gonna drop those shows. It's gonna be funny, guys. He's gonna have like the topic and just like the the silhouette of the person and then won't <laughs> know who it is until they go live. <gasps> That's, That's a right. good idea. Yeah, and everybody's like, What? You know, it's like when CM Punk came back, which I was not happy about. <laughs> That's in. I want you don't know how bad Mac. I want to show you because we have that scene oh, of God. in the movie of CM Punk yelling about how wrestling is fake, dude. This yeah. was the problem. This was the problem with the thing. I don't know why I'm saying this on air. I feel so stupid. If you guys want me to shut up, say shut up, and I will shut up and end the show. Just <laughs> waiting for someone to say, shut up, man. Um, where's the, you're gonna get the next message? Gonna be where's that OnlyFans, bro? Come on. <laughs> You made a promise last <laughs> beyond the red zone, and it still ain't up. Dude, it was too dense. It was too dense. There were parts of it that were just so dense. I was like, I think this is going to work better as a series. Imagine if the 12-part thing that you just did on Robert Bales, you made an hour and a half or two-hour series there'd be so much missed we probably wouldn't even be able to have full interviews with like the the lower enlisted you know having the series i think a series is a better way for to go especially when you're trying to address a large topic and like one that has a lot of depth to it i didn't think i was that i didn't think the script was that deep bro you're talking about professional wrestling dude (laughs) there's a there's a a, haven't seen the script could have told you you were wrong like you know (laughs) There's a whole chapter about the Montreal screw job. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. And like, when he played, he was like, I had to take that out. And this is still two hours. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's just too dense. Yeah. The, it's there. It's there's a rich history with a lot of personalities and a lot of really good shit, but some really dark shit, you know, that you want to kind of cover. Oh, you know. dude, we have the we have the OJ shit and Scott Peterson shit, and it's it was it was too much, and I was like, oh, I get it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Virtuoso, I'm gonna tell you right now, the minute that that PLE ended, and I hear, keep in mind, he picks his theme song, one of my favorite songs ever written. 
and I hear it hit, and I'm just like, fuck. I was, I sat in my chair, and I'm just like, this, this is, oh. And then he comes out, you know, and he's in Chicago, so everybody's just like, SEM, you know. What I love the most was on TikTok, Seth Rollins, I knew he was probably playing it up, but he's sitting there flipping him off. And then Rhea Ripley, because, you know, CM Punk's thing is always tapping his wrist like he's got to watch it. Rhea Ripley goes, you know, right to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh. And then he, he gets on the next Raw, and he's just like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money, but I'm back home. And I was like, oh, dude, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I wish Billy Corgan still had enough money and you could just go fuck off in NWA and leave me alone. <laughs> Did I tell you that I was talking to to uh, to, uh, to JG at Parallax? And no. he lives in Florida. And, uh, and he goes to the NWA matches. And he says Corrigan is just sitting there taking tickets and no one even realizes. Dude, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when CM Punk got fired by AEW, they went up to him. And he was like, they were like, hey, are you going to sign CM? And uh, he's like, well, like, I'll get him a sandwich. That's about <laughs> all we have the budget for, you know, like. And then um, I don't know if you saw, he was getting ready to sign a huge deal with CW that would carry power, like their weekly show mm-hmm. and like a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And then at their pay-per-view, like they had this little skit where they had a poker table set up and there were a couple personalities there and like all these scantily clad women. Mm-hmm. And one of the personalities, you see him like cutting up a powder, like he's getting ready to like take bumps. And <laughs> CW immediately pulled the deal. Immediately. That's fair. Right. And CW just signed a deal with WWE. So I think SmackDown's moving over to CW or something like that. So like Corgan's just kind of like left with his dick in his hand because where else is he going to put their shit? You know, like he can oh, keep doing it. He can keep doing it on YouTube, but he's not making any money doing that. You know, there's a reason Nick Aldis, who was the NWA heavyweight champ, left. And he's now just like, he's the general manager of SmackDown. He's not even wrestling anymore. He left to take that job because he's getting paid more. You know, like Matt Cardona, who's the king of the indies and is like a champ in like 15 fucking independent (laughs) wrestling federations. It says, you know, straight up, up and down and says, you know what? I'll keep sticking to the indies because I show up, I wrestle, I make fucking money. He's like, but you will never catch me in NWA. Fuck that. They don't pay us shit, you know? <laughs> and it's just Jesus. like, you know, like Corgan, bro, I get it. You're into pro wrestling. You kind of fucking screwed the pooch with Impact or TNA or whatever they're fucking back to calling themselves. And you're like, hey, I can buy NWA. There's a lot of history there people are going to watch and it's like outside of like florida and a couple other states nobody does you know they watch the big ones and i just like bro i wish punk would just fuck off there man that's it's a it's a hard you know i was watching that billy corrigan interview i fell down rabbit holes of billy corrigan interviews and i'm so sorry that we're talking about billy corrigan on the show yeah (laughs) nothing against the guy I did not listen to Smashing Pumpkins growing up. I didn't care for them for no reason other than I thought they were a band that just wasn't going to like. And um, my best friend in high school loved them, and I'm like, this band sucks. I I kind of I was you know how sometimes Spotify actually will play stuff that doesn't suck when they do like Discovery. Yeah. And I don't know how whatever 
you know, soft music. I was a radio head or something. Somehow, um, Smashing Pumpkins came on. And I was like, what is this? I was like, oh, this is dope. And so I kind of fell down this rabbit hole of watching Billy Corrigan interviews. And one of the things he had said was in the 90s after Kurt Cobain died, Smashing Pumpkins was one of the biggest, if not the biggest rock band on radio. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, so Billy Corrigan cashed some very large checks. Oh, yeah. Some very large checks in his life. And um, I can see how someone like that doesn't understand like losing in the sense of losing in the sense of like, Oh, maybe this isn't going to turn out yeah, the way your, your other ventures have turned out. Like, that's just not how this is going to roll for you, brother. Yeah. And especially taking on NWA, which he's trying to turn into like one, just massive like wrestling federation. When that's not, it's not what it was. It was a, a, a group of regional groups that worked together, you know, and yeah, whatever, man, we could talk about this for hours. I don't want to bore it's, people. Wrestling is a, it's a, it's a very interesting sports ecosystem that I think it gets looked down upon by people because the, because of the outcomes being preordained that yeah. people don't get involved with the storylines. And there's this, there's this view of people that are fans of wrestling. Like, well, these people are stupid because they believe it's real. It's like, no, no one that watches wrestling thinks it's quote unquote real. There's just entertaining storylines. Historically, there's been entertaining stories. Yeah, and amazing, and amazing athletes. The the oh. first the first organization when they passed the NIL shit to get out and start signing collegiate athletes, WWE, first one. The Cavender twins have an NIL deal with WWE, <laughs> and the one that's not playing basketball is mm-hmm. down at the fucking performance center learning how to wrestle. Yeah, it's it's. There's people here like wrestling is very serious here in Mexico, pro wrestling. Oh, dude, AAA down there is fucking amazing. I didn't know how serious it was. And there's this bar I've been watching football games at. And the guy that runs it manages a few wrestlers in Mexico City and even a few up here in, in, in uh, northern Baja. And we got into this really interesting conversation about wrestling. And, you know, if there's not a game on. I go there and he's watching wrestling and he's like, dude, look at these moves. Look at these moves. And it's like, I think people forget about the pageantry a of the sport. And like you said, the athleticism of some of these, especially smaller guys. Oh yeah. And the moves they're doing virtuosos pro wrestling is a religion in Mexico. I, I honestly virtuoso. I didn't know that. And had the kid come over earlier, we probably would have done some recording because there's actually a toy museum in TJ and upstairs is a pro wrestling museum. That's fucking rad. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We probably would have done some interviews and, and talked to some people, uh, maybe just for some bonus footage. Um, but the kid got here. Can I tell you this story and then I'll go? Yeah. I was supposed to tell this tomorrow in the champagne room, but I'll just tell it now. No one's watching. We've been on for three hours. No one's watching. <laughs> no one's here. No one's here. Um, we lost them at fart jokes. I think so, we probably had a big influx because people. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I told the kid, originally the kid was going to take the train to San Diego and I was going to pick him up. I thought he was taking this trolley that is right by the border. And he goes, nah, dude, I'm, and I was like, you know what? I can't pick you up from, 
downtown San Diego, the traffic to get across the border will take me four hours. Um, walk across the border. You know, Kenzo was down here. Kenzo Shibata came yeah. down, hung out. And and I said, um, we'll meet you on the other side, and you know, we'll hang out in TJ for a bit. He goes, oh, this sounds cool. So the kid gets off the train in San Diego, takes the Uber down. On our way to the border, you got to walk across. I don't want to say a shady side of town. <laughs> but, we, but we did see a donkey just hanging out outside a bar. <laughs> well, we saw a dead person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's there's municipal police and military police around this dead person. They're like poking him with a gun, like making sure he's dead. They've taped off the whole area, and he is indeed dead. There's a dead man on the side of a pharmacy. And of course, there's pharmacies everywhere, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, fuck, dude. It's a dead guy. And I was kind of feeling weird about that because it's weird to see this a dead dude and no one tripping. The ambulance is there and everyone's kind of like, yeah, you know, he's dead. No sense of putting him in the ambulance. Where are we going to take him? They just put him on the hood. <laughs> like, where are we gonna, what are we gonna do with this guy? Yeah. So we, we, we go, we go get the kid. We meet him at the, at the border, and we walk back across. And I'm like, well, we can go back to Rosarito, or we can hang out here for a little bit. It was like Friday night. No, sorry, Saturday night. TJ is popping. It's, it's comfortable outside. You know, it's just a great vibe. The kid, he's a kid. He's like 28. And he's my first time in Mexico, man. And he's got this ear-to-ear grin, Mac. And uh, just happy. And we're walking. Good-looking kid, man. He's got his little suitcase with him. <laughs> he can't wait. He's like, Jason, I brought an extra monitor. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, uh, you know, it's Mexico. And in Mexico, there's just, there's just holes. There's holes in the ground for no reason. Oh, did he eat shit? There's holes to the ground, Mac. Uh, oh, I can dude. laugh about it now. But you thought you lost him for like three I minutes? I thought he was <laughs> Mac. Mac. We walk by the dead body. Oh. The dead body's still there. And there's there's like less cops, but now they're just all playing on their phones. Yeah. And when I say cops, I mean the military. Yeah. The, the municipal police are gone. It's just the military. And they're just playing on their phones. Apparently, what I found out, they're waiting for the coroner. And it, apparently, the coroner takes forever to get there. The coroner's like smoking a cigarette. Well, I mean, I imagine there's probably – he's a busy man. Um, <laughs> Mac, this kid. It's not a manhole cover, but you know those like little rectangles in the sidewalk that you know, you can see that there's usually like a tool to open it, and it leads to some sort of – I don't know what it's called. Yeah, that was gone. It's fun, and it's dark where we're walking. No one's hanging out there because we have to get back to to town to revolution, revolution. And <laughs> his leg disappears down this hole. Oh fuck! And he had just said, "Yeah, I got new Crocs for the trip." Like <laughs> oh. so you know, these young kids love Crocs. Mac, everything oh. flies. Fucking Crocs in the air. 
The suitcase goes one way. Oh, no. But the way he fell in the hole, because he went all the way. Because he took, he was like, those happy steps, you know what I mean? (laughs) His leg went all the way in the hole, and all I saw was at the ankle bone, right above the knee, I saw it bending forward. So you know what I did? I did what any father, older brother type character would do. Push him deeper in the hole? I started screaming. Because <laughs> 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 when the kid fell, like the, the military guys turned around. Because this shit just flew in air. And Croc went so high. <laughs> one, of the, one, of the, one of the military cops gets hit with the Croc. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, they looked over. He's like, eh. so I thought he broke his leg. So I started screaming. I was like, Lord, Lord. <laughs> Someone bring me a Jesus candle. I have to light it right now. Mac, I all I could think was, you know, because he's around my kids. He's met my kids. Oh, man. I'm like, he's my kid's age. He's my responsibility. And you got him down into a foreign country. And I he, got him in a foreign country. And he broke his leg so poorly, it has to be amputated at a hospital in Mexico. <laughs> and I was thinking, how am I going to take him to a hospital in Mexico? I don't think this kid has any medical coverage. <laughs> like, I'm not thinking about his well-being. I'm just thinking about... And now him and the dead guy across the way are the same person. Because <laughs> the way he fell back, he fell in his whole body. He's like 6'2", six 6'3", two, six two, so his whole body just fell down. Just like, <gasps> I was like, Lord, Lord, his glasses were all over the place. So I pick, I just have his glasses I'm like, no. <laughs> Someone just comes out of a storefront and puts a sheet on him. You know, like. <laughs> You got another one. It's a two for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. Just like, I'm not dead. Yes, you are. <laughs> shut up. Darn. Shut up. <laughs> he gets, he grabs his leg. He pulls his leg out of the hole. And uh, I'm with, I'm with my good friend. Uh, who is, is, she's a little rough around the edges. We call her Shaka Connie. It's Shaka Connie. <laughs> Cause again, she's just trying to find where the, where one of the crocs went. <laughs> she's got a croc in one hand, open suitcase in the other. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at him. She goes, "Did you break your leg?" And the kid goes, "No, no, I didn't break it, but it really hurt." She goes, "Oh, you're fine then." <laughs> so the kid, the kid is just writhing in pain on the ground, and there you can kind of see a dent on his. Sh- he fell so hard he dented crocs <laughs> like that is that defies physics Mac, Mac, I was trying to blame everything on like the crocs and not Mexico <laughs> you know this wouldn't have happened if you had Jordans on you know if you would have had a nice hiking boot you would have been fine <laughs> you would have had Tim's on like a good black New Yorker <laughs> this wouldn't have happened but you moved to the west coast you try to fit in you know, racism is a reason why you got these crocs. 
These Crocs are anti-black. <laughs> so this kid, he's just son, riding. Son, are you working in a kitchen? Why are you wearing these things? <laughs> what the fuck are you wearing this goddamn? You know how like young kids try to dress like fucking dorks now? Like that's like the new hot shit. Yeah. Like you just wear baggy clothes and dockers and fucking Crocs. Like he had the whole goddamn. Uh, Someone says hard lesson on infrastructure. That's, that's all I was thinking. All I was thinking was like, why, Lord? I was like, why? It's our yellow Mac. I had no idea why I turned into Whoopi Goldberg in the color purple when this thing is happening. All my life I had to fight. I'm looking at the whole, until you do right by me. So, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's a new Whoopi character. Goldberg. Jason is Whoopi. That's another Jason's one. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> unnecessary. Jason's unnecessary. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Next time I put a little sugar Avery P in his lemonade. <laughs> See how he like that. So we need the artist to to draw him and like. The 18th century clothes. <laughs> with just his face. He's just screaming and tears are streaming down. His Me and you must never. <laughs> Mac. Oh. Mac, this fucking kid is writhing on the ground in pain, right? And and so, you know, again, Connie's like, well, you're fine then, right? This kid goes, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. He goes, it's just, he was an athlete too. He goes, this is the leg where I tore my ACL. Oh fuck! I'm like fuck me, this kid. I was like, well, you know, like, is it torn? <laughs> like, sounded like a preacher in a '90s movie that's standing over a kid that got shot in a drive-by accidentally. Like, I told him if it just put the crack down, Lord, please save young Cephas Brown. If he didn't have the croc song. <laughs> <It's> so... <laughs> He he eventually gets up, right? And uh he goes, Okay, I can walk on it. And and we and, he, and I'm like, oh well, I'll, I'll you know, he's got a backpack, you know, Shaka Connie grabs a backpack. Um we and, and his croc is in the hole. <laughs> There's one croc that's in the hole. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, mm, I don't think they're gonna make it. <laughs> Just drop the other one in the hole next to it. I just turned into a fucking Italian doctor's assistant. (laughs) And that's it. He he wasn't going to make it. And there was nothing we could do about it. (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) Your crack's gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So the kid kind of looks over. He gets his glasses back on, right? And he looks over. I'm like, man, I got to get this croc. Connie's like, bye, man. She gra- and she grabs my phone and she has a flashlight. She goes, just get it. There's no rats. Fuck. What's wrong with you? There's no fucking no rats. I was like, Connie, I saw five rats walk by <laughs> marching around a dead guy. They were carrying the body away. Yeah, the they- coroner <laughs> sent him out there to pick it up. They were complaining about the slow response from the <laughs> Yeah, and they were like, it's starting to smell here, guys. Can't you? <laughs> Any hole you see, it, it, okay, I shouldn't start off. <laughs> Jason. 
Any hole I see, huh? Any hole I see do what? Are we we spitting ping pong balls out? Right? Are they doing the Canadian trick that I saw when I went to Windsor where this woman squatted on a stack of loonies and dropped them out one at a time? I wish she could have done that and sucked up this crock. So <laughs> I would have been very impressed. I would have paid whatever she needed for that. I stuck my hand in the hole and I get the crock out. And I was thinking to myself, this kid's not going to wear it. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, and so I'm like, are you okay? He goes, uh, it hurts a bit, but uh, I think it's not broken. And I look at him and I'm like, well, we were hungry. (laughs) Can you still eat? Can you walk a little further? Because there is a great place. Yeah, and then when we're done eating, I'll we'll just slip over to one of the 38 pharmacies on the street, and we'll get you some ibuprofen, bud. We hung out like midnight. <laughs> the kid goes, if you just give me a beer, I'll be fine. And we forgot to give him the preface that beer is a 40 ounce out there. So we posted him up at... <laughs> All right, man, we're going to get your leg elevated. You just stay right there. That's what we did. <laughs> That's what we did. It was swole as big as his thigh. But... Oh. Somebody said, you wear Crocs, don't you? <laughs> and see, what Jason's not telling you is after he drank those 40 ounces of Mexican beer, he shot across the street and spent $2 on a wheelbarrow. And that's how this poor kid got that poor kid oh my god we walked all over Tijuana with that kid because we couldn't figure out where our car was parked in the red light district he had a ball oh man he had a ball but yeah I just wanted to tell you that story you know who else had a ball in the red light district the stripper that didn't shoot out ping pong balls (laughs) but but tennis balls (laughs) And for an extra five bucks, you can sit out there with a racket and volley with her. I wish you could have seen his little face. I wish you could have seen his face. He was just so like, you ever see those movies where the small town kid goes to New York? These lights sure are bright. He saw a dead body, fell down a hole, then traversed through the entire red light district. Then we just sat him up in a in a heavy metal bar. Dude, that and, is that's a good introduction to a country. I'm sorry. Like that's a good time. You know, I mean it could have been worse. Like when I went to Estonia, <laughs> the first day everybody just looked at us like, why are Americans here? <laughs> and then we had this dude who picked us up in a cab from the airport in Tallinn, took us into town, and was with us for the next four days. I'll show you all great places. Yes, yes, great places. All right, where are we going? We go to bar. It's 10 a.m. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. Okay, we eat and then go to bar. And then go to bar. <laughs> right? And the thing is, it's like 
nothing that he wanted to show us was in walking distance. And when he took us to bar, he would have drinks too. So we're in the back of this tiny like hatchback, me and three other dudes. And he's like just blaring like some kind of like Russian rap music. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. And he's just like, you know, (laughs) we're just like, well, (laughs) we don't have to worry about dying in Afghanistan because we're going to die here. Right here in Estonia. Yeah. And like, he's like, I don't know. I, they drive like fucking psychos, but dude, it was so rad. Cause after the first day and getting, why are there Americans here? It was, there's Americans here. (laughs) (laughs) And like, we didn't get, like, we stayed in like this, it would be like a five-star hotel here and it cost me 20 bucks a night and i'm talking 24-hour kitchen amazing food Mm. i think i I mean i was drunk damn near the whole time but i think i maybe spent 100 bucks on booze in four days and was just smashed the entire time everything was cheap as fuck the minute we flashed american dollars they were like oh okay You know, like we can do business. So I like we'd roll up and be like, they, there's like this. I don't know if it's like a form of vodka, but it's like an Estonian liquor that's like really similar. And it was delicious. I would drink it straight. And like I'd ask, like I went up to the bar and I was like, can I get one? And they're like, yeah. And I like I pulled out like a ten dollar bill. And dude, he gives me two bottles. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I just give him the ten. And then I put like another five down as like a tip. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I was like, it's for you. And he's like. Oh fuck me! You know <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know you, you must want to drink till you can't see. Yep, yep. You know, and it was so fucking rad, and everything was so cool. And I hooked up with like the hottest chicks I've ever. Okay, met. can't admit that we have personal lives. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I don't anymore. This was <laughs> some years ago. <laughs> this was honestly, this was like ten years ago, fifteen almost. Oh, that's sad. My globe trotting days. They call you a passport, bro. Yeah, well. That's what Steve yeah. calls you. Steve would call you a passport, bro. Steve calls me one. I'm like, how? I live here. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I went because I got mid-tour leave. And I could fly Space A, military mm-hmm. aircraft, into air bases. Mm-hmm. So I flew into Germany. I put down 50 bucks for a train ticket. You know, I'm in another country. It was so fucking rad, man. And yeah. it just, that's what me and like three other dudes did. We're like, well, we don't want to go back to the U.S. You know, like. You got to be a well-off white person to do that. <laughs> so we just hung out in Eastern Europe, you know, marveling at Soviet era architecture and kind of like the, the dichotomy of like, you still have all these like old Soviet era buildings, but like mm-hmm. where they knocked a couple down They've like set up like the KFC, you know, (laughs) which is so fucked up when you, yeah. When you see capitalism fucking everywhere. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I smashed some KFC when I was in Germany. It was fucking delicious. (laughs) I won't eat it here in the States. I will eat it overseas though. (laughs) I can't, I live in Mexico. We don't have Popeyes. They just have KFC. I'm like, I won't do it. I won't do it. I will not lower and debase myself by eating KFC, but I will let you nut all over me for ten dollars a month <laughs> on my own. <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I'm still trying to get you down 
hopefully we'll get some super chats for the get Mac to Mexico fund. Um, and fingers crossed I can land another big project because we still have a couple of them up that are pretty rad. Uh, one of them is like how uh, big time soccer in like large cities mm-hmm. have like a white collar club and a blue collar club. Why mm-hmm. did that happen? Right. So like we want to go into some of that. And there's also uh, we're trying to pitch a project like Bales, but about Marge shot. So we're we got some feelers out for that. And if that comes, that one, I think it'll be bigger. And we have like I have big things planned, like I'm going to drive to Cincy and do like man on the streets. And like at around 5 p.m., I'm going to go to a dive bar and say, hey. Do you mind if I record you telling me the biggest story that you remember about Marge shot and just like opening up every episode with like a snippet of those mm-hmm. before we get into like the, like the more formal interviews and stuff. Like, so like, I'm hoping gonna interview Eric Davis. I'm good. Yeah, dude, he's on the list. Like literally <laughs> that the reds, big players, Eric Davis, Dibble, Sabo, Sabo, uh, Barry Larkin. Were, Barry Larkin. Yeah. Wasn't that who she was talking about or was she talking about Eric Davis? She's talking about Eric Davis. Um, and Paul O'Neill, who we thought would be rough to get, but he seemed very his his representation seemed open to talking about it. So um, don't forget to talk to Todd Benzinger, dude. We're I'm building a list right now. Didn't Benzinger my, play on those teams? Yeah, and my producers like we have to pare it down. I'm like I get it, but it doesn't hurt to do all these interviews, and if we don't use a lot of it, we don't use a lot of it. You know, like. Um, so like, I'm hoping we actually had that one sold and then a, a big company backed out, which really fucked us because we had already started like, uh, doing like line item stuff for how much mm-hmm. it would cost for travel, you know, like a sound crew to hire and all this stuff. But, you know, so hopefully I can get another big one of those. Cause those are nice. Those are really nice. Todd Benzinger, if I'm not mistaken, played for the giants towards the end of his career. I believe so. And when he played for the Giants, Barry Bonds was on that team. And Rick, who's the who's the big writer for Sports Illustrated back in those days? Rick O'Reilly? Uh, is that his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, th- I believe you're right. He wrote that scathing piece about Barry Bonds having his own chair and being a real just difficult diva. Yeah. Benzinger wrote a letter to the editor. That if you have the follow-up of that Sports Illustrated, so it's the issue with Barry Bonds on was on the cover, and it was like this whole article about how he's a horrible guy, and Jeff can't hate him, blah blah blah. And the following week, there's a letter to the editor. They published from Todd Benzinger, and he's like, "I played on those teams, and I got to know Barry Bonds. And while he wasn't the greatest teammate of all time, he really wasn't the worst." Yeah. And he goes, the Barry Bonds I remember came to my daughter's sixth birthday for a guy that just joined the team that he doesn't know, and he made balloon animals all day. Like, the the stories that he told of Barry Bonds, he was like, basically his whole thing was like, that wasn't out of very even portrayal <clears throat> of the man. Yeah, and Benzinger played for five clubs and did end his career in San Francisco. Also played for the Dodgers. Never he went Boston for 87, 88, Cincy 89 and 91, Royals in 91, Dodgers 92, San Fran 93 to 95. 
He's from Richmond, Ohio. I thought you were going to say California. No. Mm-mm. Sorry, man. Virtual says Barry was probably high that day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's high as a cave. Dude, I heard stories of that Pittsburgh Pirates team he was on with, like, Benia and Sid Bream and all those guys. Uh, they had the same Coke pipeline that the Cleveland Indians had at the time. Those guys were hopped up at all times. Fun fact, my dad was security for the Indians in the 80s, and that was his job, and he ended up getting arrested <laughs> because he was moving quite a bit for the team, and he got pulled over. Ooh, and he was the fall guy. Mm-hmm. Just a security guy. He ended up getting it expunged, <laughs> but yeah. Was your dad like the security guy in that Niners-Eagles uh, fight? <laughs> No, my dad was the my dad was the security guy who like babysat the players at the hotel and used it to cheat on my mom. You know. Ooh, you are getting real. <laughs> I mean, my parents would both tell you they were horrible to each other, and like I remember a couple years ago, my mom was like, "Man, I'm glad you ended up smart." And I was like, "Why did you drop me?" She's like, "No, I did a lot of cocaine like the first trimester. I didn't even know I was pregnant." I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I don't even know what you would say after that. I, dude, Jason, I was, like, we were at dinner, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, bitch. Yeah. Thank you for trying to stump my development. Your mom was like this. She's surprised how many people love the crap. That's right. She's like, hey, shit. Yeah, dude. It's a hell of a time. That's right. The Rust Belt, hell of a place in the 80s. <laughs> she was like, I was wearing sparkly tops going dancing. <laughs> Your dad was doing someone else. I was yes. out there enjoying my life. I was out there enjoying myself. <laughs> That's when you can have a flat ass and people think he's hot, son. Mm-hmm. It's a different time. 80s, man. Feathered my hair. I just didn't care. Didn't even know you were there. <laughs> Brightly colored. Yeah. A lot of leg warmers. I love the nightlife. <laughs> I love to boogie. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. We're losing it. <laughs> I just picked your mom hitting that note right before she does a bump. Margie, you could be pregnant. Oh well. <laughs> this motherfucker's gonna know how to party. I mean, I may have put a couple pounds on and it's all in your uterus, yes. <laughs> Virtuoso says my mom probably screwed Lupin up. Well, I mean, it, he, apparently women thought he was attractive in his playing days. You know, to each their own. I don't judge, right? Jason's into tennis balls formed in the Amazon. <laughs> Your mom, Virtuoso, apparently was in the Lupinella. That's okay. This is a, a we we don't kink shame. And beyond the red zone, okay? We don't do that. I can't wait to get the comments from the show. <laughs> I want to send you some. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be funny when like the token white conservative woman that listened but never like get on the chat, it like drops like a fucking whole paragraph or two oh, on you. Yeah. This is this is it the was... worst. Yeah. While their politics are a little offensive, they are spot on with their sports, and it just devolved into debauchery towards the end of this episode. No one 
should listen to this in front of their children like I did. Oh, don't well, make that indeed. mistake. You know? Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't bring oh, your kids Oh, God, ahead. don't do that. Yeah, don't. Don't. Are you that? I'm Okay, I'm not going to get it. Okay, thank you guys for hanging out with us. <clears throat> we are we are going to go. And Max going to try to get some sleep. I'm That's not. Cool. Yeah, because Jason's gonna, a busy man. I got to finish getting ready for this week. Vincent Bevins is coming on this weekend. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so rad. But, that is so right. rad. See you guys tomorrow night. We are.